Ladies and gentlemen, there are witches and bears and a big blue guy, which are two different shows, but we're going to be getting into them both. It is Raven on the sort of not anymore Game of Thrones podcast. <laughs> sorry, sorry, we're trying to rebrand the pop culture podcast. Absolutely. That grew out of Game of Thrones and will become a podcasting empire. I think more than any other week, Natalie, uh, the hashtag Raven Dong is definitely, <laughs> um, definitely appropriate as the sub the subcategory for this this Look, miniseries. I thought I'd be the first one to raise Dong in this episode, Steve. <laughs> That's kind of my thing. Hey, hey. But um, I, I'm I'm glad to see you're getting in on the Dong. Wait, okay. Um, Look, l- last last week we talked about the elephant in the room. <laughs> And certainly size is uh, admirable. But um, let's... <laughs> I am Natalie Bohensky. This is Stuart Late. This is a podcast about Dong, but also about pop culture. Sure in the is. form of the moment, two shows, His Dark Materials, of uh, which we are up to episode six, seven? <laughs> let's, let's check that now on uh, my... <laughs> no, hang on. We're up to episode six because... Yes. Uh, we just did episode eight of Watchmen. That's right. And so they're two, it's two behind. So right. we've okay. got to keep on the odds and evens Excellent. and we'll be fine. So it was Watchmen series episode eight, which we'll get to later, mm-hmm. but we're starting off with His Dark Materials episode six. Now, I just watched this before you arrived. Yes, you've, so you've just finished watching this. I've just finished watching this because let me tell you why. Last night in Brisbane, mm-hmm. so this is Wednesday, the 11th of December, uh, we had a massive storm. First proper Brisbane yeah. summer storm in ages. Well, weeks if not months. Or months. I yeah. don't think I've seen rain like that since I was in Edinburgh <laughs> in August. Yeah. Early August. Yeah, yeah. So it's been months since I've seen rain and I was very excited. As it turns out, the storm has thrown a bit of a spanner in my works in a way that I probably can't discuss right now, but I'll, I'll explain one day. Um, <laughs> but super exciting. I was starting to watch this episode and the storm hit and it was so loud. Yes. That I just kind of gave up on watching His Dark Materials and instead blasted Africa by Toto and just sang I Bless the Rains Down in Africa um, in in thanks uh, to getting some much-needed rain. Because I don't know if you know anything about Australia at the moment, but the whole place is on fire. Yes. Yeah. A bit bit of rain can really help. Yeah. Literally, as we sit here, there's some volunteer firemen putting out flames in in my bedroom and I thank them <laughs> I thank them for their effort um that makes it sound like Does that, a, I was yeah, that say, sounds like a euphemism doesn't that, it? that sounds like, like a euphemism hey 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 <laughs> I need to put out some flames in my bedroom <laughs> does, it, does it count does it count if it's just I the fireman wish. calendar yeah that's that's a good thing that they do why are firemen no where's I think it's in sex in the city and it's a good question that they ask is why are firemen also cute even when they're not cute um <laughs> Because, yeah, they're not particularly all attractive. They're just really well built and they're like, because it's, a, they, it's like a superhero job, isn't it's it? It's a superhero. that They put themselves in danger to help other people and they don't carry all the negative connotations that, that police, police do. do. <laughs> yeah, because they don't have guns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they have, have fire hoses. giant yeah. hoses. Yes, they do. Oh, yeah. Brought, brought it back around. Um, but I uh, went up in September when I was doing a casual shift for a, for a news outlet here and I had a chat to a couple of the volunteer fireys in uh, up on the Sunshine Coast because mm. there were some terrible fires up north of Brisbane sure. a couple of months ago because, you know, climate change is fine. The fire season yes. just started two months early. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it, Stu. What matters is the cricket. Yes. 
the cricket is happening Absolutely. soon, and all of our bowlers are going to be just fine as they go out on the field <laughs> in, in 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 bright bleached white outfits. Yes. Um, running around and standing in the hot sun mm. and smoke haze. They're going to be fine, yeah, absolutely. okay? That's not going to endanger their health in any way. Do not worry about that. Just don't worry about The it. orange haze on the horizon. I don't know why we're still talking about this. <laughs> I drove home this evening and the moon was orange. But that's cool. <laughs> I mean, it's festive, isn't it? Sure, yeah. It's, it's a festive time tis, of year. Tis the season. Uh, if you don't get out, <laughs> subtle sarcasm. We have some politicians in this country, <laughs> quite senior ones, to be fair. Yes. Uh, who are... <sighs> <laughs> I just, I can't even think of words. All I can muster is a disappointed out... A disappointed Not even outtake. a sigh, just a... say a disappointed intake, no, but an outtake of breath? Uh, uh, expulsion a, of expulsion air. Expulsion of air. A disappointed mm. expulsion of air, and that is how I Which can is a pretty good summation Australian of many politics. of our politicians. Um, You know, this is not a political podcast. No, believe it or not. And uh, I also note that at the moment, as we talk, it's voting day in the UK. Oh, it is too, yeah. Yeah, Um, it's starting to happen as we speak. So it's going to be a fun thing next week. It's going to be a whole thing. Let's record a couple of things. And what I can do is edit out um, the the one that doesn't happen. (laughs) And then it looks like we're geniuses. Yeah, absolutely. So I can say, how good is it? that Boris Johnson got voted out. Because what a disappointing <laughs> exhalation of air what, yes. he was. And, and, and what we a can be weird, like... What a weird fridge-hiding man he is. Well, he, well, I mean, he, yeah. <laughs> and stealing reporters' phones and putting yes. it in his pocket so he doesn't have to look at pictures on sure. them. Sure. What a guy. I'm sure everyone, you know, saw that and, and voted uh, accordingly. Hmm. And then I'll cut this bit if he gets in. Yep, okay. And reset. Then, okay, reset. So Boris Johnson has got back in and... Um, you had one job, UK. Yeah. <laughs> you had one job and you squibbed it. Come on. Yes. Oh, God, I hope one of those is right. <laughs> oh, please. I can't deal with more Boris Johnson. The man is a nightmare. A nightmare <laughs> in a toffee haircut. Do you know that nobody actually knows how many kids he has? I'm sorry to go on a tangent here. What? Yeah. The man has like apparently a couple of like unclaimed children or paternity. What? Like he left them at a baggage carousel? No, no, no. Like he's had relationships with women who have subsequently have children, who have subsequently had children. But, you know, they're his, but they're not like he's not blessed them. Like like this is the 1900s. This is is the thing that always gives me the, the screaming shits, right? Look at Boris Johnson. Yeah. Right, just multiple love child, love children around the place, like to the point where like he's just out there doing his thing. Who's doing that with him? Yeah. Like what? What's going on? Are Why is blaming, Boris Johnson? Are you blaming women? I'm not blaming women. No, I'm no, saying no, no. what like is going on? <laughs> it's just I, I can't. You see dudes who look like him who look worse than him. Quite frankly, yeah. Is it money? Is it just money? I don't know. It, it's always bizarre to me when I see people who look like. Living scarecrow men, and it's just what? Why? I mean, he's a living scarecrow man who's been eating pudding for the last. Sure, years. yes, exactly. A living pudding scarecrow man, like a like a weird overstuffed scarecrow. Yeah, and it's just I don't get it. But okay, sure. No, I, I, look, <laughs> it's one of those things where sometimes incels have a point. <laughs> 
and uh, you can express who, your... Who knew that would be where we'd end up in this conversational <laughs> you, tangent? You can address your correspondence. Uh, call in to Raven On, uh, courtesy of me. Um, no, I, I am obviously joking, but, you know, sometimes there's a bit of truth behind every joke, Stu, and... Uh, <sighs> another disappointing explanation of it. Yes. This time aimed at me. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. We're going to talk... His, no, we're excited because we've been on Skype the last two weeks. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because I was at Harry Potter in Melbourne, you and were. if you did hear last week's podcast, I can't remember any of it because <laughs> I was so tired and just so excited with Hogwarts. We were and, both extraordinarily oh, tired. Yes, nostalgia but, and yes. oh, the nostalgia stew. Oh, so look, good. it's a good show. I take I take it part two. Uh, did 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 our prediction for part two come true? What was that? Did we say that on mic? I can't even. remember. I can't remember. Yeah, was the, the, no, I can't. I can't even remember. But like, oh, there was, there was, did we have a there prediction? was predictions. Or I something remember. For... I think I said I might have spotted the bad guy. Did I say that? Oh yeah, that might be it. Because yeah. I totally spotted the bad guy. Right. Okay. I was actually very impressed with right, myself. Right. Okay. Because I'm not normally as people who remember my recaps from Game of Thrones would be like, oh my ah! god, it was that guy. I just don't tend to forethink. Forethink is that? A, I don't tend to think ahead. You focus on the moment. Not I, the I'm in the, the moment. Yeah. I'm dealing with what they're giving me. And at one point, this, this, the bad guy was sort of revealed and some of the audience were kind of like, <gasps> and I was like, yeah, got him! <laughs> Boom! Uh, I was pretty excited by that. I mean, if you go and if you've been and if you're listening, you might be like, yeah, it was pretty obvious. Um, <laughs> but obviously not to those people who are I mean, like Voldemort is obviously the bad guy. Oh, right. and do you remember? Okay, so do you remember I told you the story? The woman behind me outside when I said, oh, you know, I was taking photos. And the woman yes. said, I said, Harry, Harry Potter. And the cursed child is deliberately ambiguous mm. because who is the cursed child? There could be many. And that's really clever. And then this woman said, Harry Potter is the cursed child. <laughs> just that, you hadn't, had <laughs> she been talking to anyone before that? Didn't or she see just, her? never saw her face. Apropos of nothing, just was like, no, you spoke her thoughts out loud. Harry Potter is the cursed child. Right. Turns out it was definitely deliberately ambiguous. Part two made that. Very uh, Part two made the ambiguity crystal clear. Right. If that makes sense. Yes, I do. Um, yes, it I was do. very much, okay, he, the, the, it's ambiguous. I, I don't want to say more than that in case I right. spoil it, but yeah. Okay. It's just, it, it made me laugh so much. I was like, I hope that woman is in the audience tonight going, oh, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> she doesn't sound maybe like Maybe there a- is room for nuance. <laughs> then I'm an American, so I don't know. That's not fair. She, Sorry to any American listeners. The, the way you have described her and the accent you have given her <laughs> does not sound like she has a lot of room in her life for self-reflection. So, <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully. Uh, but yes, I, I recommend going. Uh, it's lots of fun. There's sure. fun magic-y bits. Do you know, though, do you remember in my Raven On show how I did the snow yes. um, appearing? Yes. from I made snow appear. You did. So if you didn't see it was, my... It was a magical piece of stagecraft. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, um, I am pursuing a career in stage magicianship mm-hmm. soon. Um, but no, I, the whole point was I started with a fire magic trick and I ended with an ice slash yeah. snow magic trick. And I made snow appear. And at one point, someone made snow appear. And I was with Greg from the Smart Enough Know Better podcast. Yeah. And we're both like, huh? 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 <laughs> like, digging <laughs> our elbows into each other going, I know how they're doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe they're doing it in a different way, but I knew the basics of yes, exactly. How it was you're, you're, done. you're aware of the of the mechanics. Yeah, that's right. It's just paper. It's just paper. <laughs> it's literally just paper and a bit of wind. That's all I'm saying. It looks cool. Isn't 
<laughs> Everything's coming back to hot air, hot air tonight. <laughs> Good point. Let's get on to his dark materials. Yes. <laughs> uh, look, I enjoyed this episode, but I saw you tweet something, I think, before I'd seen the episode. Yes. We should go through our, well, our one-minute challenge. I was about to say, yeah, my, my one-minute challenge list is the, the, the most, the main top first... I, I should learn how to speak English before I come on these things. Of course, you. You're um, a journalist. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. The, the first entry that I have is the problem with demons. Mm. Um, so anyone who follows me on Twitter would have seen I did a bit of a thread. You I, went for a full thread? I went for a full thread. Full thread. Full wow. thread. As I, as I want to do if I get on a bit of a tear yeah, yeah, yeah. about a subject. I love a disco stew. Yeah. Flair. Just, just, make sure you at disco stew. Have a bit of a rant. And uh, yeah, so at disco stew on Twitter. But I, I had a bit of a rant this week about demons in his dark materials because I think the show hasn't done them properly. And I'm not a book reader, so, so the, the conceit is that I haven't read the books. Natalie has mm-hmm. a while ago. She, yes. she keeps telling me she's <laughs> forgotten big chunks of them. I have. <laughs> but um, I've never read the books. I'm aware of them, and I'm aware of like the movie adaptation and things like that. Um, and I'm aware of stuff around the, the thing, but I've never actually read the book, so I don't know the contents of the, of the, the story. Um, and like, I got that demons were important. Like, I, I understand that intellectually. But I feel like the show has not been doing enough to show how important demons are because they are vital, not just in universe, but to the plot as mm. far as this episode is concerned. Mm. Um, this episode, The Demon Cages, is all about what's happening with the ablation engine and with Bolvanga up in the north. Mm. They're cutting people's demons, like children's demons, away from them. They're, they're mm. severing the children the demons. Now, in the show, that's a huge deal. Just enormous. For me as a viewer, I was not totally sold on the stakes of it. And I don't think that's my fault as a viewer. I think that's the show's fault. And the, the reason that I think that is that, and I, say, I said this on, on Twitter earlier, it... The show, we, we've joked in the past mm. about how, you know, you have these rooms full of people and not a single demon to be seen. Oh, yeah, well, they're all sticks you know, or small they're, worms. Yeah, they're all, they're all little butterflies or something. Bodies. And they must just be, like, just around the corner. Yeah. You know, or just, just oh, they're, they're in his jacket or something. And it's obviously a cost-saving measure because I don't want to animate 50 mm. small animals. Like, it, I understand. It's a television show. It has a budget. They're saving all their budget for awesome armored bears, and who can blame them? Exactly. Right? Got a bit of that this week. Thank Absolutely, you. a little bit of that. We'll get to that. But the, you know, and there's there's demons that are important, like Pan, which is Lara's demon, and um, Hester, which is uh, Lee, Scoresby's uh, Lee Scoresby's demon. They are almost characters in their own right, and they are sort of present. They have lines. They speak. So there's animated creatures in this show that are obviously soaking up all of the the mm. budget. And so they don't have room to have these things. But it's really important, this episode, that we understand the difference between a room full of children with demons and a room full of children without demons. And the show does not make that distinction. That cafeteria with all those kids, you should have seen every single one of their demons. Every single one of them. Mm. And when they were running at the exit, they were running to get out, they did... 
they did kind of tip the hat at it. They bit. had a few, yeah, but they should have been not like a, a lot because they're they're kids too. They should have all been changing into birds, yeah. or you know, and like visually, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's incredible. and just like rushing at the doors yeah. or trying to get out or trying to punch on or something. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why weren't they turning into bears? I mean, I appreciate that. I think it seems it, like it would if make a logical kids, you tend sense. not to have like giant, like big animal Yeah, demons. and also they'd probably be weaker because kids are weaker. Sure, so they'd be like gonna... baby elephants, not like, or like. Or, or an or elephant that is easily punched over by an adult's cat or yeah, something. Yeah, sure, I don't, I, like, maybe. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It, to me, that makes a logical kind of sense. Sure. The, the, the yeah, demon yeah, of a child. because they're kids. And, you know. Yeah. But it, it should have really had that like, like sounds of bird squawking and. Absolutely, yeah. You, you definitely should have should have got the idea that this is a room full of children with demons, and this is a room full of children ah, with that's no true. demons. They shaved all their heads. Well, they did to make them all look creepy and weird. Yeah, and um, zombie. Because and, basically, yeah. intercision is lobotomy. It's lobotomy. Like, like, <laughs> it's that, lobotomy. That's, that's it, right? It's, like. It's, that's, the closest analogy. That's you can what get. it is. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I kind of thought that. I thought it's like a medical procedure that to renders subdue, you that renders yeah. you like very docile mm. and, and yeah. So it seems to be like there's obviously like a a, a more sort of metaphorical um, sort of connotation. But if you yeah. talk about like the, <clears throat> the the mechanics of it, exactly. it's basically a lobotomy. Yeah. The, 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 it's a soul and a spirit and a, yeah. that kind of thing, but it's it, it's tangential. Yeah, that's right. Parallel to. Um, so I think I think Speaking the show. Of and, which, yeah. If you ever want to just be really outraged by stuff, just go watch some podcasts about, or listen to some podcasts, or watch some TV, or however you about like the history of lobotomies. The guy who invented them, yeah. I cannot remember his name, but it's like one dude. Yeah, yeah. Or he got inspired by someone else, but then developed his own methods. And it was back in the early 1900s. He was not a doctor. No. And he didn't even bother doing things like washing his hands yeah. or sterilizing equipment. Or it's just he insane. Would, he would do it as a day procedure. Yeah. Like you would go to his, he was like, like a GP's clinic. Like getting Botox in your lunch yeah. hour. Yeah. Well, like exactly. <laughs> Pretty much exactly. Like people would go along and he would insert a metal spike into their brain and scramble it around. <laughs> and that was considered a day procedure. <laughs> It is insane. <laughs> it's so nuts. And it just, it, it um, there's, uh, yeah, I was listening to a good, maybe it was The Dollop or. Uh, I think The Dollop's done one. There's stuff yeah. you should know and there's a couple of others. Yeah, and um, it's, ju yeah. it's just amazing. But I think you can go onto YouTube and find some docos as well. And it's I think just... I think Lord did an episode of it as well. Um, oh, did he? Yeah. I haven't listened yeah. to Lore. I'm Aaron Mankey. I'm Aaron Mankey and this is Lore. In 1964, many ghosts were seen off the coast of a lighthouse <laughs> in Virginia. I'm Aaron Mankey. This is Lore. It's 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 him and um, what's the other one I listened to? Criminal Phoebe Judge. Right. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Criminal. Although her, I love her podcast. I just sort of fell out of law because he'd go. Many ghost sightings are often attributed to this in 1601, and then he'd go into like a random story that wasn't related to anyway. Yeah. And then he got a TV series or something, and I went, you're too successful. You don't need me to listen. So if it's any consolation, the TV series has uh, been cancelled. Oh, has it? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> that's mean of me, isn't so it? So he had, he had his moment. Oh. He's, getting, he's, on the, he's on the downward slope. Oh. No, he'll, he'll bounce back. Oh. He's, he's, a very he's a very talented guy. No, no, I, no. It's a fine I, I do actually enjoy his podcast, but I, just, I, I agree I'm, that he has, a, he has a format I'm Aaron that he Mankey. sticks to. I never speak above a whisper. <laughs> I'm Aaron Mankey. I just, I, I want to have a, po can we start doing this podcast where we go, I'm Natalie Bohansky. 
and, and you go. And, you go. and I'm Stuart Laid. I, I feel like you get whisperier. Let's go and, really on mic. <laughs> I'm Natalie Bohansky. And, and I'm Stuart Laid. Oh, I'm getting chills. <laughs> well, chills. You're getting a ASMR reaction. Uh, I, think, I don't know if I'm super into ASMR. Are you into ASMR? Not really. Okay. Yeah, I'm, maybe I need to <laughs> maybe I need to make ASMR videos or something. It might be a I revenue get, channel. I do get why people are into it, like just in the sense that like the world is a nightmare, and we need <laughs> we need like just a calming voice, <laughs> just a calming voice to just settle us okay, down we'll, at night and help we'll do us some sleep. ASMR. <laughs> Now I will tap this pen. <laughs> that's some good tapping, Stu. Yeah, that's some good tapping. <laughs> Maybe I could just like comb my hair and put that up on YouTube. Sure. Apparently that's all you needed. <laughs> Maybe. You reckon I could that's, make that's, enough that's money a million views. kinky fetishists? I'd be very excited. I think I'm... I'm sure you could. It's one of the reasons why I've always considered maybe I should do like phone sex line stuff. You know? Because you always hear about women who are like, oh, yeah, <coughs> give it to me, big boy. Oh, wow. Is that a big blue dong you're sporting? Um, and they're doing the ironing at home or something like that. And I'm like, I could do that. I could be yeah. doing admin and just going, oh, yeah. Is there a I, line I for slightly disinterested phone sex? <laughs> You know what? Um, you know what? I was about to say. I was about to say no, but then I was like, no, don't say no because yes, of course there is. There, there absolutely is. There'll be something. Uh, or maybe I could just abuse people. I couldn't do that though. I don't think I'd be a very good dominatrix because I'd be like, <laughs> you're, like you're scum. Yourself. You're nothing. You're scum. Oh, actually, no. I'm you're, really well, sorry. sorry. You've got a lot to offer, and I shouldn't be treating you like this. You're a nice person. Now get back on the rack. <laughs> <laughs> Really, I think maybe I've got to diversify, Stu. I've got to find new income streams. Sure. You know, this whole comedy malarkey. I'll, I'll get cancelled at some point or, <laughs> or get considered not funny anymore, you know, and then it's all over. It's so. just he's just dancing through a landmine. Yeah. A minefield, this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you know, I was really disappointed, another tangent, mm. that Witcher is being dropped all at once. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the, 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 the new show with Cavill. Henry Cavill, yeah. Yeah, because it looks like, hey, that looks like a good Game of Thrones. Looks pretty great, yeah, and yeah. And given Watch, I really regret not recapping Watchmen, but I could jump into The Witcher, but it's all being dropped at once. Nobody bothers with recaps if yeah, it's all I being know. dropped at I once. Yeah, I know, it sucks. Well, I mean, they, they do, but they do this thing. I've seen a lot of sites do it where they just do like one a day, and I'm like, that sounds exhausting. I mean, if it's your job. Yeah, yeah, cool. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, um, but... Or but if even I was, so, like yeah, I mean, know. I could if there was enough interest, I could do something like that. But I just don't know if it's worth mm. the the effort. Maybe it's a really it's, interesting conversation because a lot of people are saying like, because there's still shows like Watchmen and like his Dark Material that are coming out weekly. Yeah, and people are enjoying it. People are talking about yeah. it. Yeah, like can you imagine if they dropped Watchmen all at once? Oh my god, no! And it no. would just yeah, I know, right? Like like we have a week. To sort of sit with the latest episode yeah. and pick it over and, and do things like this where we talk about it. Can you imagine if like it was just the next chapter, like like if at the end of this episode we were able to go straight on to the next one? Yeah, I mean you totally yeah. want to. You absolutely I would. Get why I mean, people want to? Sure. But then people would have gone in and watched it over two days and then just come out going, "Watchmen was fantastic," and mm. I'm moving on. And it's like, no, really, yeah. you, like sit in it and. And you know, what? you know, turn it on like a greasy jacuzzi and just kind of <laughs> absorb all of the weird, rancid, 
sweat off other people's bodies and just kind of like let it penetrate your skin and you know open up your pores and just maybe slide an infection or something but you know you're really committed to it then i don't go i'm, trying to, I'm trying to think i'm trying to think if you're making a watching reference or if you just like don't like jacuzzis <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I went to a party at a swingers place once now look right. we'll get back to tis dark materials which we is sure a children's will. show <laughs> I was very young and a friend of mine was house-sitting this mm. house, not far from where we currently are in Spring Hill. Right. Now, we're talking over 15 years ago because I'm quite old, Stu. I'm sorry about that. But <laughs> If, you're, if was, you're quite old and I'm quite old, I'll wait. You are younger than me. Can you stop? <laughs> um, I was saying that to your sister just today right? because I work for Stu's sister now. Best late ever. Um, but she was... Not the one you podcast with. Yeah, no. The other one. <laughs> what are you talking about, Stu? That's true. I mean, we've had these discussions. Yes, that's true. She's she's c- confirmed my assessment that she's a superior late. Uh, but and is she... Oh, what, what was I just saying? Um, the time you went to a swinger's house. Oh, yeah. So, mm. but I'm, something about your sister. Anyway, uh... I went to the, I said, that's what I said. I said, I'm very old. She was like, no, you are not. Don't be silly. And I'm like, thank you for having the genetic trait of um, <laughs> say, telling me that I'm, I'm not old, late family. Please keep that up. Um, yeah. So my friend, Simon, who mm. I don't know if he listens to this, Simon moves and shakes in a few, you know, interesting Brisbane subcultures. Yes. Right? So he was house sitting for these people who had a house that doubled as a kind of a swingers joint. Mm. So they were licensed to be, so it was the kind of house that would have, you know, extra bedrooms or maybe a sort of an interesting swing strung up in the rumpus room and there was a jacuzzi. A room full of oddly shaped objects. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been blue or not. Hmm. I don't remember. But I remember going and it was not, he wasn't having a swingers party. He just was having a party at the swingers place. Right. But I remember like going past the jacuzzi and just being like, I would not want to get in there. No. No. Definitely not. I mean, maybe after seven buckets of chlorine but again i'm just i'm good and also i think it was winter so the idea of kind of getting undressed and then my friend Brittany though has an amazing swingers club story but i better not tell that right now but it's, it's, it's her party story and it's genius fantastic anyway sizzle 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 we'll get her on as a guest one day yeah her. so good and, and tell her tell that story about tell the swingers story. club she would love to tell mm, absolutely story. uh so yes his art materials, His materials, demons. Demons. Um, People yes. love our tangents, Stu. People sure. call in all the time. Hey, look, I, I think I had basically reached the end of my rant. But, but I mean, basically my point is the show has not done enough to set up demons. In, in the earlier episodes, we, we joked about how there wasn't any demons around, you know, yeah. and that has stayed true throughout it, we've seen the series. The we've seen the odd ones. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, up to and including, like we talked about it last week with Billy Costa, where he... First of all, the show had not done enough groundwork for me to know who that was straight away. I knew who Billy Costa was, mm. but I saw that kid and I'm like, who's that? Yeah. And then she's like, oh, it's Billy. It's Billy Costa. I'm like, okay, if you say so. Mm. Right. And then it wasn't immediately apparent because like she's panicking and Pan especially is like freaking out. He's going, where's his demon? Where's his demon? It hadn't even occurred to me that that was a problem. Right, and then yeah, because you're so used to seeing people with their demons tucked just, out of view. Well, exactly. Right? Like you just see people; they they don't necessarily have their demon visible or you know in the close vicinity. 
Um, and it, yeah, I just think the show has not done the groundwork on something that was so important it felt the need to do like a little redundant text. Oh, cat is back. Go away, cat. Go away, cat. Sorry, live cat. Yep, get off. Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of animals everywhere. Yeah, the, the, this is my demon right here. She's become a needy little demon. Uh, that is Crystal the cat who likes to jump up and sort of force herself into the conversation <laughs> by sitting directly on either my keyboard or Stu's paper. Yes. Uh, just, you know, she wants to be part of... Of, sure. of proceedings. Who wouldn't? But it, it can be distracting when she starts licking your fingers <laughs> and you're like, uh, stop it. She's very cute, which is why she's so distracting. They are all very cute. But do, do you agree? I mean, I, that, yeah, that was, that I was my feeling. I do think yeah. that has been something that, because I thought this episode was quite good. I thought the the the, the way that Bolvanga was set up, the look of it, the feel mm. of it was very imposing. Uh, from what I remember of the novels, it really replicated that well. It's very sterile yeah. and clinical and cold, and but also like um, yeah, like like sort of stark, foreboding, and, yeah, stark, yeah. exactly. So uh, I thought that the set design was all really good, and I thought there were some lovely moments of all the kids, like when they had the snow fight, and, mm. and Lyra was able to escape yeah. with Roger and go have a chat. Um, you know, I just thought it it had lovely moments, but yeah, the snow fight should have had loads of again birds or yeah and, and there was a little bit and this is the thing like yeah. there was a couple of birds and they a did couple show of like yeah. little fox things and stuff they did show that sort of offsider the evil scientist lady her offsider who was a bloke yes the i was just following orders guy which is just i mean that's a bit on the nose but anyway <laughs> i was gonna i was gonna i had that on my list actually yeah like, yeah i mean have a think about what you want you Want your final words to be? I mean, I mean, they, they literally have the conversation. There's a, there's a, cl a beautiful sketch by uh, uh, David Mitchell and Webb. Yeah. Are we the baddies? Uh, are yeah. we the baddies? Yeah. And yeah, it's they like, do, don't they? they? They literally, they almost have that conversation word for word. Where he's like, tea. And he's like, how so many more children have to die? And it's like, we are doing God's work. God's work. It's like, which yeah. Which is what they think they're doing. Pretty much, yeah. Um, go back to your list then and we can yes. continue what? our talk on demons. My, my second thing that I wrote down was active characters. Hooray. Yeah. Like characters having goals and taking action and yeah. doing things and not yeah. having things happen to them. Both and Lyra and Roger. Lyra and Roger. We, yeah. yeah, we meet up with Roger again this, this episode. And he's had a pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. The zombie lobotomized kids. Absolutely. Yeah. He's doing, doing well. Uh, I also wrote Mrs. Coulter yeah. is back. Lots of corridor action. So in this. Much oh corridor. my God. I love that she was uh, introduced walking out of corridor. corridor. <laughs> you see what I mean? Like once you notice it, yeah. you can't stop it's just, noticing she, it. She, Sashays down corridors. They even have amazing. her escape from her room after Lyra yes. tricks her in an air vent, which is the ceiling equivalent of a corridor. That's right. But it actually, but I thought that was really interesting because it is what her monkey usually does. Well, except yes. like when, well, that's why he went when she needs to, you know, she does it too. It's, yeah. it's really cool. Um, the, the second thing I wrote, Mrs. Coulter, and under that is a monster. <laughs> Um, a monstrous person who thinks that she's above. I thought it was really fascinating that obviously when she sees Lyra in there, she freaks out in the machine, mm. which is a, a tense scene, a genuinely tense scene. Mm. Um, I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they will like separate them. I don't know what that happens or, you know, whatever. That could happen at this point in the story. I don't know. You're giving me a very blank look right now, so that's fine. Yeah. I'll keep talking. Am I sorry? Um, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm just... incredibly engaged in what you're saying. <laughs> no, no, no. I just, you know, I'm aware I'm that you... My eyes glazed over. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. 
<laughs> Sorry. Mm, yes, mm. Stu, continue. I'm, I'm, I'm squinting and looking yes. serious. No, I, I was worried that you were trying to avoid spoilers, but it turns, it turns out I'm just boring. Um, no, but... no, no. I was. <laughs> I admit I was trying to think about whether. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, yeah. to me, it was never going to happen that she would be separated. Well, the thing is, but I don't I've know. I don't know the rules. I don't know the rules of the yeah. show. Like, like yeah. I, don't, I don't know whether that could be possible. Whether they could, like, yeah, you, yeah, redo that connection. Like, who maybe knows? her fate was to be separated from her demon and create a whole new kind of sure. way of living. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I, who get knows? It. I get it. I was like, this could happen. They seem pretty stressed out about it. It's a very tense scene, and then Mrs. Coulter obviously comes in at the last second and says, "Don't do that." And I thought it was fascinating that, like. She will justify all these atrocities to herself, but as soon as her daughter is the one in the machine, she puts a stop to it. Mm. And she says, "You'll ne- that, you know, you will never be in that machine. You, you know, it's not for that's not for you." Yeah. And so, well, who's it for then? My friend Roger. Yeah. Like, you know, she, and she does say that it's like you should have been happy for me to be in there. If yeah. It's so good. If this is like so good, like shouldn't that that you should, should have been be one pushing me? Yeah, in. absolutely. Yeah. You know, which just exposes her hypocrisy. Mm. Yes. You know, she's. Someone who's obviously very obsessed with sin and wrongdoing and her own like shortcomings, mm. uh, which makes her fascinating, absolutely yeah. fascinating and wonderful. She's a to great watch. character, yeah. incredible. I hate her so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. She's a good like, villain. I love yeah. it. I love it. She's so complex yeah. and, and like, but also that Lyra is not putting up with her bullshit for one second. Yeah, I do. And love she that. was so good at tricking her. Yeah, yeah. She, I, yeah. I don't remember that bit in the books so i was like going to she like by the time she said oh no i've picked my side i'm you're my mother i was like oh she's having her on but for a while there i was like does she do something but and i didn't yeah. i didn't quite buy that mrs coulter would believe lyra i thought that was really interesting but i guess she just sort of wanted so badly for lyra to be on her side that she sort of yeah she and she's had it. an emotional moment i guess seeing yeah. her in Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but but I love that. I love that it, it was. It's it's one of the things that the show does really well, which is it used something like a really awful, insidious thing that Mrs. Coulter had done to spy on her daughter. Yes. And it used and it like came back at her karmically. I have to I love say, that. I have to say though, I was still really kind of like, but where's she been hiding? Both the alethiometer. And the spy fly sold a tin. Well, did she have the on alethio- her person? Uh, did she have the alethiometer on her? Well, I don't know. Maybe it was still in her jacket that Maybe. she got later. I don't know. But the fact that she pre-planned to have this spy thing, like she was in, yeah, they why, dressed why would she her. Have a, why would she have it on? It, her? It, yeah. it was one of those things where they dressed her in scrubs. Essentially, yeah. they would have checked her over for secret. Totally. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it just like, seemed to me that that was very convenient that she happened to be What's this soldered that. box? Oh, yeah. nothing. Yeah. Just a soldered box. But hey, good Chekhov's gun. Sure. Absolutely. Oh, you might need that fly. Better solder the, it up. Thema- and... Thematically, I do really like it. Mm. Um, practically, it doesn't hold yeah. up. Like, like plot-wise, it, it's just, just like, what? I don't understand. Ignore. But um, I had uh, just following orders, which I thought was a little bit on the nose, but I was like, you know, you probably could have approached that a little bit more subtly, but sure, like whatever. Yeah, it's a key and show. Dude gets his neck snapped by uh, Mark Costa, yeah. which is yeah, don't fine with me. Works. That's that's yeah. badass. <laughs> like just. And I did love when she's like, "We're here to help you," and they all go, "Ah!" And then oh, it turns out there are people running up behind them, like yeah. with the Egyptians to fight the Tartars. <laughs> I think. Um, so yeah, that was that was. It's like we're here to help save you. Ah! Oh wait, no, they're just screaming in terror. <laughs> Not at the Egyptians, at the Tartars. Yes, exactly. Potentially a lot of problematic names. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking that the other day, actually. I was like, 
Are we cool with Tartars? Is that is that even? I didn't even know the the background of that. Ta- like Tartars isn't. Uh, hang on, let me just because Tartars is a thing. It's yeah. Um, um, but I don't know if it's like racially charged or like, yeah. So okay, uh, the central, northern, and central Asian landmass they're known as Tartary, oh boy. which was dominated by various mostly Turco-Mongol semi-nomadic yes. empires and kingdoms. Right. So. Um, yeah, Turkic peoples. So, yeah. So, so they, yeah. They, they exist. Sure. Turkic yeah, group now. yeah. Um, but yes, so that it's just, it's one of those things where he's taken phrases that have existed in our world yeah. that are just out of date, like, you know, Egyptians and, 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 and turn them. <laughs> what I do them. love, and maybe, maybe this is, maybe this is Philip Pullman doing a bit of a sly commentary, but at least in Tolkien, when he's like, oh, the Southrons came up and like were, you know, it's, you know, men, men from the South. It's like, okay, well, it's a fantasy universe. Like, you know, who knows what these guys look like? And it's like, no, no, we're going to, we're going to call these guys like a real world ethnic group. And they're the bad guys. It's like, oh, they're not the bad guys. They're just paid they're, to patrol the they're hired mercenaries working hired for child mercenaries. killers. Yeah. I mean, that's fine like let them have the choice of what they want to do it's fine no one seems to be worried about it so i don't know why i'm worried about it but yeah it's one of those things where (laughs) it's sometimes when you think about it you go oh yeah that is a bit of a thing but um yeah i don't i think you know again these books were written in the mid to late 90s so those things weren't quite as sure sure yeah absolutely it's just it's just that you, you run into some things where you you run into some places because the books are you drawing from earth basically yeah and drawing and deliberately drawing from earth and like twisting everything mm. 90 degrees to make it fantasy and weird um you do run into those occasional moments where you're like wait is that is that okay like are we yeah are we good yeah well we had that with die hard the movie the play which thank you for coming to see by oh, the way i hope I you enjoyed it absolutely loved oh, it yay. it was fantastic and thank you to everyone who came along there's a particular joke that you probably heard me laughing very loudly at which um, one the, the grammar nazi joke Oh, right. I was pissing myself laughing. <laughs> I'm glad people love those because <laughs> the whole point was just to have, you know, kind of gentle fun at the fact these yeah. are all Germans. These are all Germans. Kind of play, play with the fact that they're But Germans. 80s Germans, that 80s Germans. 80s Euro trash <laughs> Germans. We're not, yeah, it's just a ongoing joke. But we had, because in Die Hard, uh, when Ellis goes into Hans Gruber to say, hey, I know you're you know, you're here, you're pissed off. I don't know who it's at. And he sort of ushers a series of, he says the Irish or something like that, but then he refers to both Jews and um, Muslims or I guess Saudi Arabians, Iraqis, I'm not sure, but as some names that we would not use now. Yes. And so we had this discussion uh, during the writing of it and the rehearsal of it is like, because I was thinking, well, to make for comic effect, because we then had a joke to follow on from that, where one of Hans's terrorists, who's a German, going, "Hey, that's racial vilification. That's not cool." And he's one of the bad guys going, "Hey, we may be vicious murderers, but that is not cool. Yes. You know, it's a joke." And Something like, that happens in this week's Watchmen, actually, which I want to talk about. Oh, maybe I can't remember, but it's, yes, no, note I'll that write, down. I'll write it down. Um, but it, it's uh, and I was saying, well, don't we have to use the language that is in the script of Die Hard? And then that highlights the fact that that is not appropriate. But we also had the discussion, yeah, but if it makes people uncomfortable, you know, what are we gaining by making people uncomfortable and having an actor, you know, say these words that are not, again, it's all relative, but 
to me, they're not the worst epithets, but they're up there mm. with not great. They're, you know, sure. yeah, on the sliding yeah. scale, they're heading towards bad. You're, very you're, bad. you're firmly in problematic territory. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I sort of thought, well, that's the the joke. You make the joke of it and then you, you showing, but then we sort of agreed, okay, well, let's come up with some new racial epithets. <laughs> So we had, and one of our cast members was excellent at um, coming up with all these different, uh, and I should add that he, our actor of colour, who played our uh, sergeant, our family matters, our family matters, was the best at coming up with racial epithets. And I don't sure. know what that says about our society, that he has a mind that's inventive uh, <laughs> enough. He's, maybe he's encountered some, I don't know, don't speak for, for him. But um, yeah, he came up with this incredible list of basically all these racial epithets that we could attach to white European nationalities. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, so the joke would still work, you know. <clears throat> yeah. So we had the the tulip sniffers, the bull botherers, and the clover pixies. <laughs> so, you know, so we're inventing racial epithets to still make the stuff, joke the stuff that, that work. has the flavor and the cadence That's of a, right. a racial but, epithet. That isn't, you know. But not offensive to anyone. If, yeah. if you're an Irish person being called a clover pixie, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of cute, a bit cliche maybe, but yeah. Sure. So, it's interesting that kind of, uh, yeah, playing about with language from different times and how yeah. things do change. So uh, what else did you have on your list finishing up oh, with your um, dark materials? I had, uh, I had a big fight that we barely see, uh, which was very cool. With the Egyptians. Uh, with, with Egyptians. Yeah. So the Egyptians attack uh, Bolvanga yeah. uh, in a very conveniently timed attack, which was great. Everyone got there at the same time, just as... Just as I always love it when that oh, Yeah, yeah. Great. I've just um, started the big rebellion. Here come the Egyptians to back me up. Here come the Egyptians to back me up. Yeah. Excellent. Um, we didn't have to wait outside in the snow and fight off grown men with, mm. like, wolves. Um, but uh, I thought that was, that was fun. It was a really fun, tense sequence, but there was an element of we didn't have the budget yeah. to stage, like, a big battle. Yeah. So instead, it's a lot of corridor action. Yeah. It's a lot of, like, trench warfare almost. And then like, Serafina Pekula. The and Serafina Pekula just... Coming in to just... Coming she reminded in like, me of someone in that... Was it like a Star Warsy type thing? Like, a well, there was. I mean, famously in in the Return of the King, the the ghosts come and wipe out like an entire army at one stage. Don't remember that. No. Okay. No. Um, yeah, it was a change from the books. That did not happen in the books. Oh, okay. Um, still angry about it. Still angry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it still hurts. Still, but, still um, got a fat war out on Peter yeah, Jackson. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, it, it sort of reminded me of that. There, there's. There's elements. I mean, um, it almost reminded me of uh, Quicksilver from the X Men movies. That's what it yeah. reminds. Yes, that's Where, what it was. They're like zoom, and, zoom, and she zoom, wasn't zoom. she wasn't doing like super speed or anything like that, but she was sort of flitting about. It was kind of though she was operating at a like fast like a giant goth speed? Tinkerbell. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, that's a good description <laughs> sure. of Serafina, goth <laughs> Tinkerbell. I like that. There will be women cosplaying as her. You mark my words. Absolutely. Could be like hot and cool and be like, yes, I am full of wisdom and knowledge and here's my falcon demon that sounds like David Suchet. <laughs> Which he wasn't in the episode, I don't think. No, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, we saw a bit of Yorick. Is that all your list? Cause sure. uh, that, that's basically it, yeah. And then and then off to the next adventure, including like a weird coda where they fight flying monkeys? Well, they needed to put Lyra in danger again because they just set up that all was so, of this. Uh, it's so dumb. So stuff. dumb. Of course she's okay. Like... It was a weird yeah. cliffhanger. Like, after everything that had happened, I think it would be very, very easy to just go, okay, like... Well, after you know, that bit with Serafina telling uh, Lisa Forsby, that you're responsible for her yeah. and she's responsible That's for the That's world. the end of the episode. 
and then him looking a bit scared and nervous yeah. and her just sleeping on Yorick. That's the that end of the episode. That would have been fine. Absolutely. But yeah, it was Ending just... on this weird action beat that, that drags yeah. out. Like, like it, it drags out the end of the episode and we end on it a cliffhanger. Paced, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we end on a cliffhanger because it's, it's almost a full well, it set piece. it is a piece. cliffhanger because aren't they called cliff ghasts? <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. cliff ghast hanger. Exactly. Um, but it's, it's almost the length of a full set piece, but it's not quite. So it's weirdly timed. It comes at the very end of the episode mm. and then it ends on this cliffhanger that, I mean, of course she's fine. Like I've seen her in the, I've seen her in the short for next week. Like, oh, have you? Yeah. I, I mean, seen but you know, like, like even, even having not seen that, like, of course she's in ne- next week's episode. She's fine. Like. What a weird thing to end on. Like, it just seems really strange. Again, maybe it's for that teenage audience that, yeah, you know, maybe. they're like, oh, my God, what's going to happen to what's Lyle gonna next What's going to happen week? next? Uh, well, let me go through my list. Uh, so I wrote Bolvangar, yes. Witches Be Bitches, <laughs> in, a, in a good way, not in a derogatory totally. way, yeah. like in an ass-kicking bitch kind of way. Demon Zombie Lobotomies, as we mentioned. <laughs> uh, Lyra tricks Mrs. Coulter with the spy fly. Mrs. Coulter awesome. in the corridors again. Yes. Um, Lyra's ab control. Yes. So when she's up under the bed. Just, I mean, look, you know, respect to that upper. Yeah. You know, she's got that core strength down. Core it's amazing. strength engaged. And then, <laughs> and then there's like the, the double take when Mrs. Coulter comes back in. She's like, ah. Which again, it's, it's actually a very tense sequence. Uh, yeah, it was sequence. well done. Like, like there's, there's moments in this show that are so well done. Mm. And and the lovely yeah. lovely scene with the kid actors in that one where she's yeah, like, you absolutely. have to hide me if she finds me. And then, of course, she ends up going, no, it's me. Um, giant bear attack. Yay, Egyptians, I wrote for their, their <laughs> fighting, fighting prowess, following orders. And also then just wanted to mention Will and his dad. We finally saw oh, a yes, glimpse yeah, of yeah. Andrew Scott, a.k.a. Moriarty, a.k.a. the hot priest hot from priest. Fleabag. Fleabag. Um, speaking of which, if I can just divert... I read an Onion uh, AV Club article. <laughs> yes. Is uh, AV Club still part of the Onion? Is that still I part? don't think so. I think, oh, I think okay. they hired long ago? a long okay. time ago. Yeah. Uh, I remember when it was part of it and I was like, mm. oh, these aren't satirical movie reviews. These are genuine ones. <laughs> these are genuine movie reviews. Um, but uh, they ranked the, the best 25 TV shows of 2019. Right. Watchmen's number two. Wow. What's number one? Fleabag. Fleabag. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, damn, Phoebe Waller-Bridge and a perfect everything and a perfect. And my I mean, friend Deborah Francis-White, yes. who hosts the Guilty Feminist podcast, she is like ground zero for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yes, I've, Phoebe, I've, I've been seeing that. Have I that, told yes. you this story? Well, I, I've seen her on Twitter, like just posting about her, her friend Phoebe. But, no, but she is because <laughs> no, totally, yeah. she just hosted a night with Phoebe Waller-Bridge like at Royal Albert Hall or something, yeah. for, like a discussion between the two of them. And Royal totally, Albert, yeah. Like somewhere in like, this is full-on stuff. Sure. What happened was in 2012, Deborah hosted a, a festival. She ran a festival called the London Storytelling Festival. Right. And this is where she would <clears> get people, actors, improvisers, performers, comedians to come in and do like a 10-minute storytelling thing. Sure. Fiction, non-fiction, whatever. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge at that time was just an actor. Sure. She wasn't a writer. She wasn't yeah, yeah. anything. And, and Deborah said, you should do something for this. Oh, and so she wrote 10 minutes yeah. 
got up and did it, it was a, everyone and it was, was like, like proto, spellbound. Proto flea bag. It was flea bag. Yeah, yeah, it was cool flea bag. And then Deborah was like, "You should develop this as a show." So <laughs> she worked with. She wrote it. She worked with the director, went up to Edinburgh in 2013. Mm -hmm. So I've gone back and looked at these videos of them going, yeah, we're really excited about the show. Yeah, it's really, yeah. <laughs> Did really well at Edinburgh. Like yeah. not, not as these things often do, not the most sellout hit of Edinburgh, but like yeah. a really good sleeper cult hit. Then got the TV show out of that. Second TV show, multiple Emmys. Mm. Uh, now co-written the Bond film or something and dating yeah. the d guy who wrote three Billboards out of Ebbing, Missouri. Playwright Martin McDonough. Martin McDonough. Oh, really? I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. That's cool. So what I'm saying is, <laughs> that could have been I you. That could have been you. <laughs> and I had gone to the storytelling, and I'm older than Phoebe Waller-Bridge, and I don't have any Emmys or any successful Edinburgh show. Hang on, wait. But but Natalie, I did go to Edinburgh this year. <laughs> you did go to Edinburgh Fair this point. year. But uh, I have yet to get a TV show offer out of it. Sure. <laughs> What I'm saying to you is Sliding Doors, I hate that movie. That's and the sure. reason why, number one, Gwyneth Paltrow, obvs. Number two, I hate the thought that I've just missed a bit. But at the same time, I've had success in my life. I can't begrudge that because maybe the Sliding Door version of me is, you know, a horrible bitch who's lonely and, you know, has no shoes. I don't know. Point is, I'm a bitter person. <laughs> Probably die alone and like, <laughs> no, 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 I mean, you know, it's just one of those things because I remember Deborah pimping this festival back at the time. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, I hate <laughs> this and then talking about how, how you know, it was so good. And but mind you, what's the strike rate like? Because, I mean, how many people were at that festival? You've got, okay, you've got one phenomenal once in a generation talent. Uh, I mean, who I else is? It, like, I don't know, maybe 20 people, 30? Like, that's not that much. It's like... That's like a how, good... how many others went on to win four, five Emmys? Like, you know. I don't. I, I'll get the records. But so, look, that's one out of 20. The strike a, rate's not great. And she's so phenomenally perfect at everything. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm just a little jealous, Stu, is what, I'm, yes. what I can tell you. Every, every time I see Phoebe Waller-Bridge, like in an interview or anything like that, she just seems like the coolest person. I and know. you would just want to Makes like, me spend five hours just like drinking with her. Yeah, I know. Um. That's what she seems really sense. cool. She seems really <laughs> so, cool. And her TV show got the best AV club show of 2019. And where is Game of Thrones on that list? It's not on the list. It's not on the list. You know why? Because they, they had a, a controversial final season. And honestly, the if we can segue into a brief... like I know we've already done our Game of Thrones wrap-up, but it does really shit me. We're seeing... A lot of like best like best TV shows of the of the decade and that sort of thing like not just seasons but like best TV of the 2010s. Oh, okay. And it's like if you leave Game of Thrones off that list, you are a snob. Like like you you are you're an idiot. Yeah. Like like if Game of Thrones Is isn't on that list, isn't? sure. I mean, it didn't happen on the AV Club list, right? But that's of 2019. And I'm seeing of oh, 2019. Okay. Well, I'm definitely seeing I'm definitely seeing lists of like shows of the decade where Game of Thrones is not on that list. And yeah. it's like, you are an idiot. Like, even if you don't, even if you didn't like it, even if you didn't like the last season, yeah. that show was the zeitgeist. It was a cultural of, moment. It was a cultural phenomenon. It brought a whole genre into the mainstream. Absolutely. Like it or not. Like, it's it's astonishing that you would leave that off. That is that is pure either fandom, like, butthurtedness or yeah. just... Cultural snobbery. I, I'm too good for this. Yeah, like, like it is. It is astonishing to me that you would do that. Like, like, 
and whatever. Like, like I mean, lists in many ways are kind of meaningless. I don't tend but to having a lot said of that, that, this was just one that popped up and I saw a picture of Watchmen and I went, sure. oh, okay, where have they yeah. put Watchmen? Number two with one episode left to go saying it's mate, it's, it's already deserves <laughs> and it. And look, I'm, I'm pretty sure it does. Of course it like, does. Yeah. <laughs> like, genius. Like, if anything, I would put it above Fleabag in, uh, like, well, in many ways. This is the Especially thing. the second season of Fleabag, which if I'm being honest... I thought the first season was better. Now, this is interesting because most people <laughs> like the second... I like the second series better. I thought the first season was airtight. I it, think she definitely... Is. I think she had the idea for the first season and she had obviously developed it over... She developed the show, developed it over yeah. many years. Then she ran into the problem of, okay, now I need to write season two. Yeah. And she did and it was amazing. It's an incredible season of television. I still like season one more. I feel like it ties together... So much better. When I was in Melbourne, I actually picked up, because you can buy the scripts now, a flea bag. It's oh, right, called, okay. like, the, the Holy Scriptures or something. Like it's, <laughs> it's published like a Bible. And I opened it, and I went, this looks so um, uh, uh, hard to read. Mm. Because, you know, there's so many snippy asides and talks to the camera and back and forth and back and forth. And it was like, it's so choppy on the page. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. It, it's a sort of the, a script that would... That is designed to be made into a TV it, it, it's show. It's something like it's designed not... to be observed sure. through the eyeballs and ears, not not reading, which I suppose is through the eyeballs. Anyway, <laughs> where was I? We've um, travelled very far afield. Andrew but... Scott, the hot priest Andrew, from yes. Fleabag, Absolutely. is Colonel John Parry. Yes. Will Parry's dad. So will we see him in his bedroom listening to some tapes on you know YouTube or something? From 2006 was the date. So I imagine then, therefore, we're setting everything now. It's 2019 now in Lyra's world as well. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly is 2019 in Will's world. Out. Yeah, so it's, suppo world. it's supposed to be 2019. So he, yeah. he's. So I think that means that he was born when his dad disappeared, or wasn't yet born, because he's supposed to be 13 or 14. Oh, okay. I didn't so pick that up. So 2006 is the date when the TV bit that he's watching, right, okay. when his dad is setting off to explore ah, the okay. Arctic or I something. Did, I did not get so that. It's 2006. So I, I think didn't get that. he either was just born or not yet born. So he, he's, he doesn't really know his dad. He knows him from like clips and things. Yeah. 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 And, and last week we saw his mother saying, oh, you can't read the letters yet. Hmm. But he was watching clips of him. So sure. And then he went and tucked his mother in and then we saw the creepy dudes just sitting in the car outside the house. <laughs> Obviously, peeing in soft drink bottles or something like that. <laughs> it doesn't really say what they're doing. It's like, no, we just, they know we're watching them. They know we're watching them, and that's enough. I'm like, I don't understand what your plan is. I don't get it. I like, don't remember. Because as I said, they brought it in early. Don't really know. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, so they want her to know that they're watching her. Or they want him. Maybe they're trying to spur him into action or something. They, they want to try and find, I'm guessing, Andrew Scott, the hot yeah. priest from Fleabag. Um, <laughs> AKA <laughs> Colonel John Parry. So, yeah. Okay, cool. I, Overall, I, look I enjoyed to see the where episode. Yeah, I did too. And it was fun. And as yeah. I say, let down by a budgetary restriction on demons. Totally. But still better than. Was it last week or the week before that was quite dull? Yeah, I, I think, think it was the, the week, the week before. before. Yeah. Yeah. So it has improved again. It's kind of switched sure, up. Sure, yeah. It's and Armoured Bears clearly helps that helps. out. And Lyra's like, How, why did you take so long? And he's like, you're welcome. <laughs> Good to see you too. So it's a nice bear sass. <laughs> like, like, like nice bear banter. Should we Very move good. on to Watchmen? We, look, 
Let's do that because okay. are you excited? Yes, I'm so excited. Okay. I you can hear it Let in my voice. Let me start with my go for it uh, thing. And if if you can hear sounds off mic, it's my cats picking at the dry food. Um, they're well fed. It's fine. Please don't call animal welfare. Maybe I should edit that out. Um, <laughs> no, I literally work for a rescue. They have so much food. It's not even funny. Uh, okay, so John is still cow. Yes. So I think that, that he kept Cal's face when he went back to being blue. He did. He, he never what, saw his face. No, no, he didn't. I, I, I love that little touch. Yeah. Um, there's so much. But I he want clearly to was there. a different man. Yes. Well, well, and he was, and we know that. Yeah. I mean, he was he was John Osterman, and when and when he came back as Doctor Manhattan in the graphic novel, he still looked like John Osterman. It just mm. just blue. Yeah, blue. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he he looked like a, a person of like European Jewish descent. Yeah. Um. But you know, bald and blue. Uh, so now uh, after inhabiting Cal's body for so long, he still retains Cal's features. Yeah. yeah, which handily means that they don't have to recast the Yeah, actor. and he's he's a good... It's it's good to see him go from the kind of like, oh, I had amnesia and I'm just a kind of nice husband, mm. supportive husband, to all of a sudden being able to break men down into their atomic <laughs> yes. pieces. Now, I, I was going to say, because um, have you, you have you seen the movie? Yes. Right. I've seen the Watchmen. So, so you're aware of, like, you 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 know Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, and uh, I went and did that. some, yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw that and I went and did some, you know, Wikipedia-ing right. when we first started just to remind myself sure. of what, you know. So you, you know his deal, you know, you know, generally how he, you have some past Very clever scientist, yeah. got trapped in a thing. Yeah was atomized to a something level and then rebuilt himself over a week yeah. and came back and was God. Sure. Speaking of which, the episode was called A God Walks Into A Bar. Yes. A Bar. A Bar. Like Angela, tip, like Angela Ava. Tip, tip the hat. Yep. Tip the hat. And something, I mean, the, I... Even the way they wrote the font. That's it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There, oh. there, was, there was definite uh, kerning manipulation. Yeah. I love a good kerning joke. Kerning joke. It's oh. fantastic. Yeah. Um, but not only that... I'll wait till, I'll wait till my, I'll wait till my yeah, list. Wait till go, your go bit. Yeah. Uh, I wrote, uh, we saw Dr. M's backstory. Yes. So how he felt safe at an English country house after the war? Was it the war? Uh, well, yeah, it was World War II. Yeah, he was fleeing the Nazis. And he felt very comfortable at this house. And then he saw the Lord and Lady getting it on. And so they gave him a Bible. In, in what... You know, from my Game of Thrones watching... Was very um, thing, tame. Well, not only that, but, like, I I was immediately thinking, oh, no, they're going to want to kick them out because he's all... Yeah, I thought they were going to kill him and or that, make him watch them more out, or something. Turns they're out like, they're very nice. No, we just they're, want you to know that what super we were doing people. is we had a child and we're trying to make another one because, yeah. you know, when a mummy and a daddy in 1940s <laughs> England, uh, you know, the war is happening, so we might all die tomorrow. We may as well get some action happening. But, like, they weren't even nude or anything. They were just kind of smooching on a bed. And they're like, no, oh, no. sure, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, yeah. you know, yeah, it was 1930s mores. But, I mean, like, it. Um, I love that it was just so, it was so pure. Yeah. Like, just so sort of, oh, you know, we better sit you down and just explain what happened. They and, gave him a Bible. And give, gave him a Bible. He's a Jewish with, boy. Um, yeah, actually, that's that's kind of. But then she said, "Oh, but the first chapter is Genesis," and like, yeah, he would know that. That's know, the Jewish Bible that. yeah, has that. That's right. <laughs> that's where it's from. But they're English, <laughs> maybe they don't know that. Um, but yeah, so then he recreated that home yes. on Europa, and that's where he's been. Now, just a few things. 
uh, time travel that even I understood for the most part. There's a few things. Well, that it wasn't. Quite it's get. not time travel, but we'll get to. That. I know it's yeah. not time travel, but it's like existing, and it's the easiest way I can describe. And, and it functions like the wibbly wobbly timey wimey yes. stuff in Doctor Who. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's 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 you're in the past, but you're in the present, sure. and you're communicating between. There's the two there's a very cool moment. You're creating that happens with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I know the one you mean, but mm. uh, I, let me just finish off by the tachyon cannon. They got him. Yes, they got him. Tachyon Cannon. So they've trapped him to abuse him or something. Or wasn't it that Senator who wants to be a blue man? Joe, uh, Joe Keane wants to be uh, wants to be like uh, like Doctor Manhattan. Um, and the obviously the lovely back and forth between Angela in two thousand and nine and Angela now and things uh, and how he's like, oh, I'm in love with you. Um, but he falls in love with her in the future, but knows that because he's living at the same time. So he's like, I've always yeah. been in love with you, so, but you just fell in love with me now. But I've always been in love with you. Yeah. Cute. Very uh, cute moment. And uh, then I wrote post-credit sequence. Did you stay for that? Yes, okay. I certainly did. I'm so glad I did because I was like, normally I Did you know that there was... The, did Have you know going in? That the, no, 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 no. There, there hasn't been like, okay. before. No, it just so happened that I left the thing running. Totally, Normally yeah. I've been flicking. Oh up. wow! So it was completely by accident because I had seen someone tweet um, because because this is what, this is the really interesting thing is that I'm finally starting to get Game of Thrones style like spoilers coming at me on Twitter now. Oh, okay. On Mondays, people will start tweeting about Watchmen, and I'm like, oh. oh, this is interesting. We're getting to the point now where people are live tweeting and, yeah. and like doing stuff like that. Which is very cool. Um, it shows that, like you know, over the weeks, it's sort of built up mm. enough of an audience that people are sort of interested now. Mm. It's really, really cool. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I, I had been tipped off that they didn't say what what it was, but they said there's a post credits uh, sting that you really need to see. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, I, I don't know and where I don't it would fit. Get it. it was it was the all of the clones hitting him with you know tomatoes and going, "Will you stay, master?" And he says, "No," and then. He gets put in a cell, gets brought another cake by the game warden, and then the cake has a horseshoe in it. Well, because um, throughout throughout his little um, moments... Yes, hello, cat. Yes, you can be a part of the podcast. Throughout no, his moments, jump up. he's been saying, um, you know, he, he's been presented with a horseshoe by Mr. Phillips at various points when he gets his cake. Like in the very first episode, uh, he hands him a horseshoe instead of a knife to cut the cake. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And, and so throughout multiple points, he's had a horseshoe handed to him. And at one point he said, I don't need that yet. Right? And then, but all of a sudden, in his cake, here's a, here's a horseshoe waiting to be discovered. And he's going to dig his way out of the I, cellar. I guess that will He was him, so excited by that. He was pretty horseshoe. excited. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Jeremy Irons. And so was I. Like, honestly, like, as he looked at the cake, I was like, oh, my God, is there going to be a horseshoe inside that thing? See, I didn't even I, – I was like, there's going to be something in the cake. Yeah. But I didn't remember the horseshoe. So I was like, no. why a horseshoe? Like, don't it's you normally smuggle a definitely a horseshoe. Like, it's, it's, a... it's a horseshoe. He needs a horseshoe. Um, and I just thought it was like, oh, it's good luck. Maybe. You know, because horseshoes are lucky. Yeah, know? that's it. Exactly. Maybe that's the symbolism there. But uh, it, I still don't know if we're going to find out that it's – that he's actually on Europa. Well, the candles had increased too. Because remember yes. a few weeks ago you said that every time there was That's a candle. Right. So, so it's been seven years. According to those candles. According to those candles. And we cat off. Sorry, cat spray break. Um, sorry, I'm spraying water on. She's fine. No, 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 no. Sorry. 
Uh, There's actually cat hair that was all over. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's life in my house. I, th I think it was seven. I, I thought I counted. seven I thought candles. I counted seven too. But then I don't know. But does then, that match up with when? This is the thing. Yeah. So when Manhattan sent him to Europa yeah. in the blink of an eye, it was 2009. Because he said that in that scene. Yes. He said, it's 2009, John. We've got to do this now. <laughs> so is that then that he's got another three years of digging to get out and he'll well, turn up? Or, or that he got out three years ago and he's been secretly pulling the strings the whole time. Or, yeah, he's really true. Or he something. made it back or he made it back to Earth and he's that statue. Ah. Right? Or he's been the statue the whole time. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. This is the thing. Right. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I still don't did, know. Did, uh, did, we didn't see what happened with the clock because that got launched. It, it was about to be launched. I don't think it was launched, this, this episode. No. Uh, but I don't know whether you read uh, Pedipedia. No, I Which is the, the supplemental material. keep telling me to and I keep You forgetting. really do. There's some really cool stuff in there, uh, including, including the reveal of the, um, the name of the Big Blue Dong. Mm. Which is Excalibur. Now, <laughs> all credit to someone who left this on my Facebook page. Yes. That the he said I I think it was John, I think it was the person who left it on there and said that the the uh Excalibur uh was the name of the Dong <laughs> and Cal Abar is, is Silk Spectre's X. So X Cal Abar. Yeah. It's a wordplay joke. And uh, and then I meant to tell that to you in the or, or I meant to go, have you seen this last week? And I was so tired I forgot. But then a few days ago we both got an email from yeah, Dan yeah. from the Smart <laughs> Enough to Know Better podcast who's not on Facebook no, anymore. But and, he had uh, made that connection and, himself. And he, he was just like, oh, my God, this show, because he's just got into watching yeah. so he's been catching up and he's, like, obsessed. Yeah. And so now he's like, oh, my God, Excalibur. <laughs> so how, why, why does Petey have – Blueprints, because that's what it is. It's a blueprint. It's a, to well, a big he, yellow, big big blue dong. Well, because he's looking into um, elements of the case, and so but that's her personal. Well, it? well, I mean, like he, I, I forget exactly why, but but he explains in in that week's memo oh, about okay. what he was doing. He was following up different aspects of of the thing. He's like, I was snooping through and, Laurie Blake's drawers, and so and in universe, um, in universe, uh. That was actually, so Night Owl, Dan Dryberg, uh, and Laurie went on to secretly um, fight crime for many years after the events of the original graphic novel before eventually being caught by the FBI. Uh, Laurie turned, turned state's witness and became an FBI agent okay. in the thing. Dan didn't, and he's still in a prison cell somewhere. Right. Um, but up until... Up until that point, he had a, a company called, I think, Merlin Enterprises or, or something, uh, and they manufacture all sorts of things. They, they're the ones who manufactured the owl ships for the police force, oh, right. right? Because that that design is the owl ship that Night Owl used right. to fly around in. Um, so, you know, they, uh, they they had all that, and he found in the archives of these because the company was wound up after Dan was arrested he found in the in the archives the blueprints for the big blue dong wow. called the Excalibur and he included it as like a noteworthy thing um so in you like it's this show is 
next level <laughs> nerdy. Like yeah. I just love it so much. Like, well, what's your list? Okay, so my, let's, let's go through your list. My, my list, I just wrote in big uh, capital letters, Abar, because um, yes, like Cal Cal Abar is uh, is Doctor Manhattan, but not only that. Um, uh, more eagle-eyed readers than me have and watchers have, have pointed out, and I retweeted uh, this week. Um, there is a black exploitation film from the seventies called Abar, the Black Superman. Shit! Right? Wow! Abar and the the the, the guy. But kind I thought Queen Justice was more like Superman, and Doctor Manhattan was more like. Uh, well, well, but but I mean, like like. A uh, but I'm not, I'm not talking like in universe. I mean in our world. No, I know. Yeah, there was a black exploitation film yeah. in the '70s called Abar, the Ava, Black Superman. Like Superman. And yeah, it, it's incredible. So that's and, why they've chosen that name. And I didn't that wonder seems how they to be Abar that, is not is, is an odd name. It's not a super common name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that seems to be why they've chosen that name because yeah. And so I find it absolutely fascinating that they've taken um, like Doctor Manhattan, who could be read as a bit of a, like, like certainly a Superman analog. Um, he's a living God mm. and they've effectively made him a black man. Mm. Like he's, he's not, he's a God, Yeah. <laughs> but for all intents and purposes, they've made him a black guy, mm. um, which is fascinating given the themes of the show. I think it's really, really subversive and wonderful. Um, and I love that they just didn't, they're like, you know, it works on a practical level in yeah. the sense that, you know, Cal, like uh, the guy who plays Cal is obviously a great actor and they've chosen him for a reason and he gets to play Dr. Manhattan. But also, like, they don't have to recast, so yes, that's great. Yes, yeah. um, but not only that, like, you get this incredible imagery of this guy who, even though he's blue, still reads as, as a, an African-American man, but he's a he's a superhero. He's a Superman level superhero. Mm. It's incredible. Like it's it's really really subversive and wonderful. Mm. I love it. Um, and I love. Uh, <laughs> I did write. I did write uh, Big Blue something uh, down because uh, yeah they they if I had a body like his you would have to pay me to wear clothes. Um, <laughs> yeah, well there was Jesus a bit where Christ. he was nude. He was up just to, strutting around, walking up somewhere. <laughs> There was a definite side angle shot that oh, I yeah. was like, hmm. Hmm, yeah. There was there was also a front angle that, that almost was a, an Austin Powersy sort of. Oh, thing, was there? Except, I don't remember that. Well, there, there was there, there was definitely a, a, a full frontal shot where <laughs> I don't know how best to explain this. Like, not all of his dick was in screen, <laughs> but most of it was, and yet they had blocked off a section of it. <laughs> And I was like, I mean, that's just that's just not fair, isn't it? It's <laughs> really it's just up to stereotypes. I mean, come isn't on, it? come on, that's it. Exactly. We're trying to escape that's stereotypes, it. aren't you know? we? My goodness. <laughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> but but um, that that leads me to my next point, and I had written down: uh, Veet is woke. Uh, so he he actually sort of tells John off. He tells Doctor Manhattan off when he comes to visit him. He's like. You know, John. You know this sort of thing isn't really uh, you oh, know, yes, frowned yes, upon. Yes. You know, the cultural appropriation is very, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very. It's two thousand and nine. And again, that's an in joke of exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, they're, they're sort of they're sort of commenting on what they're doing. Yeah. Um, sort of getting ahead of perhaps some of the criticism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and not, but not only that, like 
in a very interesting way because Veet is in many ways like the villain of the first Watchmen and certainly is a uh, a strange character in mm. this one. But he's the one who sort of points out as like, you know, this this might not be okay what yeah, you're doing. This might not fly. <laughs> this right might now. not fly anymore. But again, it was done in a way that was like, what is Angela comfortable with? Sure. And she's like, here are all the dead bodies. And well, I do love that she she gives him because it doesn't matter to him. He's not. He's just looking for a human suit exactly. to put on. Yeah. That makes her comfortable. So between that and the, hey, this isn't kind of cool, I think they've got out ahead of any, you know, like, oh, he's adopting um, blackface for... Oh, totally, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think... I mean, you could certainly... you could certainly, If you were being extremely uncharitable, you could make that reading. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the show... That's what I mean. They, definitely they, they has done the work. to you, they're yeah. like... This is why. The happened. show's definitely done the work. And not only that, like, its intentions in doing that are for the best, if that may, if, if it's my place to say. But, you know, like, it, it definitely... Well, they don't want you to get sidetracked. It's in service of the overall themes that's of the right. story. Yeah. That's right. They don't want you to get sidetracked by, like, no, this is not what this is. Totally. This is something on a literally atomic scale of... Sure. Know, yeah, yeah. But, but I, also, I also loved um, that scene because, you know, she sort of... Pulls out three dudes, like, I think there's a Vietnamese guy and, like, two white guys. And then he's like, you, it feels like, you know, he doesn't say it exactly like this, but he's like, yeah. feels like there's another option, maybe you are more wandering. And she's sort of a bit embarrassed about it and pulls out the body of this very handsome black yeah. man. She's like, and this one also, yeah. maybe, if you feel like it. Like, I you mean, know. if you're making me pick. Yeah, that's it. Like, if I had to choose. And wasn't there, like, a cheeky, because he just immediately puts on... The body and yes, and doesn't she cast a sort of a glance? I, I think so. Like yeah, a yeah. kind of like an approving sort of glance of the form. I believe she does. Yeah. Yes, and, and and quite right too. Yeah. Um, but uh, question yeah. though, yes, would you have to? Because then she, we get to your back to your listening. Because mm. obviously he gets amnesia to deal with. Something. Yes, which is an extremely elegant explanation of of what he is going on he's yeah, in yeah. the tunnel of love yeah exactly um, what, a, what a great and, thing uh, and and but like does he as because he's Manhattan on the inside like does he need to work out or anything this is a very trivial well, question I'm asking but is he like hey I've got to stay in shape because you know I'm Cal ordinary human man I better keep in shape <laughs> or is he just like oblivious he's like hey I, I don't know what I do I've just always got guns of steel <laughs> Yeah, maybe you just assumed he had a really great metabolism. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I just put on muscle, man. <coughs> I can't help these abs. They're natural. <laughs> Go back to your list. Yes. Um, Finish your list. Uh, so I just said uh, Veet uh, wanted to be worshipped, which is a great explanation of uh, what actually happened to him, yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah, He's like, I'm sick of all this. I just want to be worshipped. And, of course, he realises that that's the worst thing. Well, and it's so it's so in character, too, because, like, the, the plan that he came up with was, as we've discussed before, not a super great plan, <laughs> but it was very elaborate and very clever, and, and it seemed to have the desired effect for a short amount of time anyway. Um, but you see him sort of a little bit harried um, and a little bit, like, sort of disapproving uh, when we, we catch up with him in 2009 when Dr. Manhattan mm. goes to visit him where he has to keep engineering these squid falls to sort of keep people scared because people sort of forget yeah. and move on. Question, though, if yes. I can just interject, those squid falls are still happening, but he's on Europa. Yes, well, is he? That's what that's what we were discussing. Is like, is he still on Europa? Or did Lady True? Or did Lady True keep going? Because he says keep it going. he says when um, John says, "Oh, how did you find out 
that, well, I forget what, what exactly they were talking about, but he says, oh, a little elephant told me, which... Um, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing elephant and going, that's a well-chosen word. Yes. That's not an accident. Exactly. Um, um, yeah, so it definitely... Um, I thought it was really interesting that his motivation, like, so he's the smartest man in the world mm. uh, who came up with this incredible plan for world peace and he doesn't get any credit for it. Like yeah. the, the key element of his plan is that he will never get any credit for it. He saved the world and no one knows, Yes, you know, and so it's eating him alive <laughs> and he just needs someone to tell him that he's wonderful, except that's what he thinks he needs. But it turns out that's a living hell for him. Like like having a group of people who unconditionally worship him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they just love him regardless of what he does. They 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 are, you know, endlessly fawning and they want to worship and, and adore him. Uh, and it turns out that's the exact opposite of what he needs. He needs because I mean, you know, like like for most of his career, he was an active superhero. He needs to save people, he needs to help people. That's his whole... Yeah, he needs to be challenged. He needs to be challenged, yeah. yeah he's, he's the world's smartest man. who can't you know, retire. Retirement is not his, for him. His, his role model is Alexander the Great. You know, he needs, oh, to, he needs to keep searching for the next horizon to conquer. Yeah. And there's the, the horizon is very defined and set on the Europa mansion area. Like, it's yeah, not... Yeah. You know, there, there's, no, there's no challenges. There's just a group of people who will endlessly worship you. And it turns out that's a living hell for someone like Adrian V. Game, what did the gamekeeper say to him at the end there? The gamekeeper? So yeah, the, game, the, yeah, the, original, the gamekeeper turns out he was the original. It turns out he was the original Phillips. And he said, I was here at the start. Mm. I can't remember what he said, but it was kind of profound. He's like, I saw our God leave us or something like that. I, I saw our God create everything, like the trees, the sky, yeah. the animals in the fields, and it was wonderful. And then he left and you came. You know, yeah. and and you know, you're here in paradise and all you want to do is leave. Yeah. Why do you want to, why do you want to leave? Like, why would you want to leave this place? And he explains, he says, you know, like I, that's, this isn't my home. This isn't my paradise. Like I have a a world full of people who need me. Yeah. You know, like, and (laughs) I love, you know, just Phillips like takes that on board and just sort of says, well, enjoy your fucking, (laughs) enjoy your fucking paradise. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really chavvy kind of way to finish. <laughs> All right, mate. Which was yeah, great. They're very, very good. And like you know, so we, I mean, we're digging into really weighty themes here. Like I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, like we're talking about like the nature of existence at that point. Like mm. you know, what what would it be for a god to walk amongst us and 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 have um, people endlessly fawn over you? Like yeah. it would just be it would be a hell. For many people. But also Manhattan talks about when he first meets Angela, their first kind of tete-a-tete, mm. and he, she's like, oh, yeah, you came to Vietnam and you just blew it away, you know, for, for America. That was an unintentional blue puff. Sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I, meant like, I meant like blew away. He def- I mean, he was five stories tall. He definitely yeah. blew it away. But he, 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 he yeah, and, she's, and he says, oh, I was trying to impress people. I was trying to do, and it's like, but you were already a god. Like, yeah. how how were you a god and still f- suffering these human flaws? Well, and that's and that's the terrible tragedy of of Doctor Manhattan, which is that he is still very like he. It's easy to read him as this very removed, remote figure, but he's 
a very human character in many ways. He's just trapped in this latticework of time. Yeah. You know, like he, he can't, he's, he's a slave to... So are you done with your list? Because I want to talk about that latticework. Pretty much. I mean, I, I was going to say like there's there's the, the latticework of time. I, yeah. I, I, I was sort of talking about the, the framing device of the yes. thing, which sort of mirrors one of the, well, like the, the Dr. Manhattan issue of Watchmen, the comic. Um sort of does the same thing. It skips around. Okay. And sort of we, we, we see all sorts of aspects of his life. We see for the future, the past, the present, all sort of jumbled up. Mm. Um, and it's very, very well done. So this is the thing about these loops, you know, that yes. like what came first, the chicken or the egg, which Absolutely. is the incredibly simple, you know, metaphor that they use yeah. to explain the whole thing. Totally. And, and he gives her an egg and I was like, why an egg? And then, of course, chicken or the egg, what came first? And, That's it. Uh, but we, we've been seeing egg imagery throughout the whole series. Yeah, absolutely. Like, in, in the, the very first time we meet Angela Abar, the very first time we see her on screen, she makes a smiley face out of eggs. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because she's a, her cover story no, sorry, is she's, she's, a, a, she's a, baker. a cook, a baker. Yeah. She makes a smiley face out of eggs, and smiley face is obviously the, the symbol of, of Watchmen. Mm. Um so that that's a pretty that's a pretty massive sort of giveaway in many ways. Yeah. Um, but but egg imagery has sort of come up again and again throughout the the yeah. show, and so it sort of culminates here, where he sort of says, "What came first, chicken or the egg?" Yeah, but, but the answer so, is both. Well, this is the thing. It's so he's talking to Angela about how he's in love with her um, in two thousand and nine, saying, "I'm in love with you," and she's like, "Oh yeah, big fellow. Hey, hey, yeah, you've known me." <laughs> two minutes and you're saying oh but I've always been in love with you whatever and then in 2019 when she says look stand back all these Rorschach dudes are here to kill us or take you I'm gonna go fend them off and he's like oh you know that you have no chance but you're and I'm going to I've told you I'm going to be caught but you're still trying anyway oh I've just fallen in love with you just like but so, it's a really sweet the way the way he plays it too is really, really oh really sweet. His ex, the execution is great. What yeah. I'm talking about is me trying to understand. Like I had this thing where I was like, I understand what ha- what's happening. It's this loop where he's yeah. he's experiencing time, as he keeps saying. You know, sure. I yeah, experience yeah, yeah. That they do time. it really well. They do it really well. Yeah. But I'm still like, but when does he know that Angela? Like, is that the first time he meets Angela when he walks into the bar, or has he seen her before, or has he like? That, I, I, think, I guess I I'm think, trying to work yeah. out what comes first, the chicken or the well, egg. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, no, I mean, I think, I mean, the answer is both. The answer is both simultaneously. He knows Angela because he will know Angela. Yeah. Like, he knows Angela because they spend 10 years together living in yes, the tunnel of love. tragedy, yeah. Before tragedy and strikes. I can't see those And he years. knows that that exists. He knows that this is a thing that happens. And he knows that to make that happen, he has to go to a bar in Saigon at a particular time. Because he, up until this, up until recently, he's been on Europa creating life. Like, he would, he would have no reason to come back to Earth, except he knows that he has to, because this is what happens. Yeah, but it, it very much then plays into, like, he is he destined, or is... is well, it it's not it's like, not destiny. This is the thing. It's not destiny. It's, it's not just, pre-written. It's just the fact that he exists across time. Yeah. Like, he exists... He, he experiences his time stream all at once. Like we we have this morning, yeah, and we have now, and he has both of those moments at the same time. Yeah. So when he goes to Will Reeves, yes, he finds Will Reeves in New York, and he he's he's doing it as he's talking to Adrian. 
Sure. Adrian's like, I've got this thing that will give you amnesia. I invented it 30 years ago because I'm so smart. Just a convenient <laughs> bit of plot. Um, well, actually, that, that's a that's a really cool, uh, fun little callback to the comic, which is... <clears throat> um, oh, is it? The, it's, it's the... The, the famous line from towards the end of the book where, you know, he's, uh, he, he does the big villain monologue explaining his plan and, you know, Knight Alan Rorschach sort of say, oh, we're going to stop you. And he says, do you think I would tell you my plan if you had any chance of stopping me? I did it 30 minutes ago. Ah. Right? That's, yeah, I <laughs> think know? I remember that from the movie. And, and, and so, uh, and that, that's like an iconic line. Like, like people, people like meme that now, you know, I did ah, it 30 okay. minutes ago. Um, but it... Like he has that wonderful callback here where he's like, oh, my dear sweet John, I did it 30, 30 years ago. Um, meaning like this this was his plan A to take out Dr. Manhattan. Make him amnesia. Make him amnesia. amnesia completely right. forget, completely forget who he was. Um, and instead he had to improvise and come up with plan B, which was try to destroy him uh, in the same method he was destroyed in the past, which turned out to be not effective at all. Mm. I felt like it was very um, Doctor Who... When Doctor Who had the watch and he his had the personality was the story. chameleon arch. That's yeah, sorry. yes, the watch. He had a watch. He had a fob watch. He had a magic pocket watch that turned him into a human. Yes. Yeah. And um, but that that was that whole thing because Martha knew who he really was yes. but had to pretend. Same with Angela. She's been living sure. her life with Cal. Not That's true, long, actually. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's actually Doctor Manhattan, knowing that there's this ten year thing. But I guess maybe in linear time you sort of forget. Oh yeah, this is ten years ago. Like maybe yes. maybe that date wasn't quite as in her mind until she realizes. Oh wait, ten years. I've got to get him. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure once the shit started to hit the fan, that definitely sort of came up for her. Probably like she probably realized. Okay, now's the time because she seemed quite certain. Like, like I'm sure there were many times in the past where she thought. You know, do I do I break that break that glass in case of emergency? But this was probably she realised that this was the time that it needed to happen. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I just I just love that, it. and it's so and it's so lovely too. Like you you see the frustration of living with someone who knows what's going to happen. Like they have that they yeah. have that argument, and it's like you know they. <laughs> She's like, I don't want to fight. Yeah. I don't want to fight. He's, He's like, like, we are fighting. Well, we are fighting. Are this is fight. the fight. Like, you know. <laughs> that just, was fun. I love that it sort of culminates with, with the, her saying, like, you know, saying in unison, don't tell me what, I, what, I'm, gonna, what I'm going to say. And she's <clears> like, don't tell me what I'm going to say. Ah. But what I, what I really love. Which is love, why he gets the amnesia thing, isn't it? So they can live together. So they can live yeah. together. Yeah, exactly. So they can have their tunnel of love. Yeah. Um, but what I love is that, and it, it's key to the character, is that when... She says, you know, do I have to say it? You know, and she goes, and he says, yes, you have to say it. And she goes, I'm, I'm leaving. And he's devastated. Like, you can see him react to that moment, in that moment. In that moment, he's reacting to what she's saying. But oh, he... What's that? When, when she, she says, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm going away. And he reacts like she's just told her. Like she's just told him because she has. Yeah. That's the moment That's that he got moment, told that. Yeah. And it's devastating to him. But he's always known that that moment is going to happen. Yes. Because he experiences all time at once. Dr. Manhattan is the ultimate improviser. <laughs> you know? Being in the moment. Sure. Or maybe he's the worst uh, He's the improviser. worst improviser. Yeah, he's actually everything, the worst improviser. relentlessly he's on He's pre-planning board. everything. Yeah. Oh my God, now I want to write a show about... 
Dr. Manhattan as an <laughs> improviser. <laughs> Hi, Wacky Funsters. Can I get an offer from Proctology? Great. Uh, <laughs> No, I knew what offer you were about to say before you said it. Um, the scene is going to be adequate, but with an ultimately disappointing end. <laughs> and then do the scene, and everyone goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It will this have a lot of promise, scene. but we won't really land the punchline. This next scene is going to be surprisingly good. <laughs> it was surprisingly good, but yet I'm still surprised. I shouldn't have been surprised that it was surprisingly good because they told me it was surprisingly good. Maybe I could write a show. No. Um, I'm just thinking that that was clever. I can be clever. Totally. I can be as clever as the Watchmen people. Sorry, cats are knocking over cat food. Um, but yeah, back just back to Will Reeves. Mm. So he goes to Will Reeves as he's talking to Adrian Vice. This this moment made me cackle like to, out loud. To go, to, he said, if you've got any problems with Angela's grandfather, or if you have to tie up any loose ends, do it now. So in the milliseconds or at the time... Again, just the editing itself was, was should win Emmys for editing next yeah. year. Oh, it's incredible. Editing was amazing. Um, so he goes, he's in New York and he's saying to Will Reeves, you have a granddaughter, she wants to know you. But then in the present, present is relative when it comes to Dr. Manhattan. I appreciate that. Sure. Angela sees him walking on the pool. Yes, he walks on water because he's on a god. Water. And the kids are all scared. There's a blue man on the pool. <laughs> and, and it looks like dad. She says, you're talking. Yeah. And you're talking to, uh, I'm talking to your grandfather right now. Can you ask him how he knew that Judd, what's his name? Don Johnson was in the seventh cavalry. And, and why he has a clan robe, his clan robe in his mullet. And he's like, who the hell is that guy? I don't know. Like, I, like, that was one of those moments. It was, it's so great when they give you enough rope yeah. that you can pull the thread. You're, you're and go, slightly ahead. I know what you're yeah, about yeah, yeah. to say. And Absolutely. I, I think, you know, my, my version was not quite exactly what he said, but essentially like, I've never heard of those people. And he says, yeah. I'm like, who the hell is, you know. Sure. But yeah, so she gave him, but she realizes in the moment. She realizes like, straight away. He doesn't know away. who they are. She's like, oh my God. Did I just tell him? Have I, I? Is this all my fault? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. Whose fault is it? Is it anyone's fault? But that's the thing. Like, if it, if it was all, if it's, it's all this lattice work of time, and when Doctor Manhattan gets involved, it gets a bit complicated. Like, is it anyone's fault? Mm. Like, things just happen, right? Mm. <laughs> Freak me out. I do love it, but I mean. I thought that was really interesting um, because when he's on the pool, he says a very interesting line, which um, she's, she says a very funny line, which is, you know, get up off the pool and, do, and go get out kids, which, you know, yeah, felt, very magic, domestic, felt very domestic. Felt very domestic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she kept going, <clears throat> son of a bitch. Absolutely. Some great, some great swearing from, mm. uh, from Regina King in this one. But I thought that was really interesting. You know, she, there was a very domestic sort of yelling at each other at point. And then he says, um, Something along the lines of, she's like, why are you on the pool? And he's like, it's important for later. Right? Do you remember that? He, he says this. Oh. He's standing on the pool, right? And she goes, she goes, why are you on the pool? And he's like, it's important for later. I don't remember that. Right? But Which, yeah. I mean, I latch onto that straight away because I'm like, okay, well, something's going to happen there. Um, one of the theories doing the rounds, I had sort of come up with something similar because earlier in the episode, Dr. Manhattan mentions in a very offhand way that he could potentially pass on his powers yeah. to people 
you know, it would not be hard. You know, he, he wouldn't do he it. He does, yeah. He, he says, wouldn't do it through procreation, but he could choose to do it. He would never, he would never intentionally give I would someone never intentionally give someone my powers, but, but if they chose to do it, yeah. Yeah. So is he giving his powers to Angela? So that's the thing. Like, like what I wonder will happen is whether like that pool water now is like a God machine <laughs> that she can jump into and come out as a, as a blue, oh, as a see, blue lady. I was lady. thinking you were going to say something like, um, yeah, but that makes sense if he's kind of cast, but then he did use his blue powers to atomize. All Which does have things. a lot of like baptism imagery to yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, who knows? But, but it does seem interesting that, you know, they explicitly mention in this episode that he can pass on his powers, which we haven't, that's not part of anything that has been mentioned in the past. Right. That's the first time we're hearing this. New information. New information. Um, and he does say that the pool is going to be important later. Don't know. Like the fact that he's standing on the pool is going to be important later. We're not sure why. Mm. So I sort of put those two things together. I'm not the only one who's done that. But Yeah, maybe he's going to be there. Because I, I just, I keep feeling, because he kept saying the tachyon cannon, they're going to get me with it. Yeah. And they do get him with it. And But it doesn't, it doesn't destroy him. I, I, I feel like a lot of people thought they killed him with that. And it's like, no, 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 they, they transport, they captured him. Yeah. Like, so this is, this is them it's capturing like him. It's like a ghostbuster Yeah, it's, it's, it's literally like a ghostbuster thing. They're just like, quickly, da 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 who are you going to call? God busters. Seventh Cavalry. Ah, <laughs> yours is better. Yours is better. <laughs> yours is better. Yeah, no, that's, that is, uh, scans better, you know, poetic, <laughs> suits the theme. No, I like it. I like it. I'll, I'll give you points for that. Damn it. Uh, no, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's... He, he took out all those. So Angela goes out as a one-woman attack machine. Yeah, which is... And manages to, like, cripple a few dudes. Super cool. Um, and But then clearly Sister she's Knight being overrun. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, as, as she's about to be shot or something, he just, like, puts his hand Here through a John. guy's head yep. and, like, what is that? Billy Piper in Doctor Who is like, and I, I see every atom of your being and I divide them. <laughs> I divide them. I divide them. <laughs> He's Very a little, he's a little bit less. I, uh, he's I, love, a, I love that line. So and I divide them. Woof! The, 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 the delivery of that line yeah. is great as well. Um, but yes, basically, uh, you know, this is what Doctor Manhattan does. We've seen him do it before. Like he just points his hand and uh, whoosh. Yeah. Bang goes the bang goes the the, the head. Mm. Um, so lots of, lots of head splody action yeah. happening, which was very good. Then he missed one, and you know she she thinks they've won. Yeah. She's like, oh, we did it. And he's like, no, I, like I said, like, this is where they get me. Yeah. And whoosh, off he goes. So he, but got the thing him. is, he's got to be letting that happen, surely. Because he's Dr. Manhattan. Well, this, this is the thing. Exactly. You can but, see that that's going to happen and prevent it. But he he's very does. But, but can he prevent it? That, that's the, the word, but, the, but, but the point is, he's not preventing or failing to prevent something. A thing happened. And because of the way he perceives time, it has to he knows that it has happened. Yeah. But the fact that, like, like he's not letting it happen. Mm. It is a fact that it happened, and he just happens to know that fact it's in advance. Wibbly, wibbly time. I know exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. It's the nerdiest shit. I love it. Yeah, it's really I love good. It. But this is the thing: the way that they constructed the episode made me like, I am totally with this. Like, oh, he's talking to him yeah. right now, and he's talking to her right totally. now. And, and that would normally be the kind of thing that makes me go, what? And then, but this one, I was like, I'm so proud of myself. Yes. That I, <laughs> You're following I this. I was totally with it. They, yeah. And I understood. 
This episode, I mean, this is the thing. This episode could have been a confusing mess and it is extremely clear, very easy to follow. Yeah. Like it's, it's a masterpiece. It's yeah. this, this whole goddamn and, show and is a masterpiece. Time, and every time you think, oh, they've moved on, they go back to yes. the, the bar. Yeah, absolutely. And him saying, well, this and this. And it's like, why does he give her that massive backstory about his childhood and, and the war and becoming a scientist. And, well, because that's that's what the, she needed to... She, she had to hear that, to but hear. we also had to hear it so that we knew when we saw Vite, Vite again. Yes. We kind of got why his... We got his deal. We, we got a lot of answers yeah. this episode again. So what do you think is going to happen next week? Well, this is what I'm going to say. Well, I, I, I'm still wondering. Well, I, I know, I do know something that's going to happen next week because of PDPedia. So oh, right. the showrunners obviously intend us to have this sense of foreboding. Um, do you want to, I mean, it's, it's out there. It's meant to be part of the supplementary oh, is, material. Yeah, you can yeah, tell yeah. me. I'll just, I guess we just put a spoiler <coughs> in like for the next maybe couple of minutes if you don't want to, if you're not reading the Pedipedia and you don't want to know. Yeah, I guess if you don't want to know, I'm not sure. I'm, can you I tell mean, me the character cause, cause this is like, it relates to? This is like official. Well, well, it's kind of, it's kind of to do with what is going to happen. Um, with the with the rest of the episode, like with the final. Well, episode. okay. Let me. Let, where are our chess pieces? So we've got Laurie Blake is in the custody of the. We didn't see her at all this yes. week, so we can only assume she's being held hostage by uh, the mum from Titanic and <laughs> the dodgy senator. That's right. She is, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. She's uh, the mum from Titanic. Mom from has Titanic. not aged a day. No, it's ageless. Yeah. Ageless. Mm. I need her Botox or whatever. Um, <laughs> And so it's her, it's... Her, Joe Keen and the Silver Cavalry are in this underground bunker, or not an underground bunker, in a, like a facility. They wanting obviously to make Joe have Keen Dr. Into a Manhattan now. They've just captured Dr. Manhattan. The idea. And they want to make Joe Keen She's there, so man. there's going to be a fun conversation with Laurie Blake and mm-hmm. Dr. Manhattan. I hadn't even thought of that, but yes, potentially. And where the hell have you been? Yeah. Particularly since she's been leaving him jokes he's never heard. <laughs> Unless he does hear them because he can see through time and check up Maybe. on her or something. Yeah. Uh, we've got Looking Glass still on the run. Looking Glass is on the run. Having murdered a bunch of dudes. Yeah. In his safe house. We've got... Uh, Angela's still at play. Obviously. And, and, but Will, most of the and other... Will is still around, like, somewhere, I assume. Yes. And, and Lady True We is... haven't seen him since he was talking to Lady True several episodes ago. Yeah. So where is he? Certainly not getting all his memories back. Also, where is Lube Man? <laughs> yes! Yes. And... I, I do want to talk to you about that as well. Is that is that the big thing? Is that, that what's well, going to happen? Well, no. I mean, Lube Man it would be the day. it would be astonishing if Lube Man became like the central character. Oh, but there's there's a there's a there's a fan theory now about who Lube Man is, and it, it does make sense, especially given the extra is it stuff. Someone in, we've already seen. It or is, is it def- a, it's definitely a character we've already met. Is it Looking Glass? And no. he's wearing like the no, full. No, no. Is it? Petey? That that's the theory. Is it? The theory is that Petey is Lube Man. I mean that because he's a, a, he's a bit sort of a, a grossness you know, with his assignation with the That's it, he's like, I'm not a fan. Right? It's like, no, because he's actually like a dude. He's a superhero. Oh, I see. You know? Um and also uh the, one of the other supplemental materials this week was Petey writing about um he used to write to a fanzine uh about this this novel, this in universe novel called Fog Dancing. Which apparently was which a, is, a big 
That's, that's what that's feeds reading at the end. Me. I was yeah. wondering about Absolutely. I meant to note that down, yes, and I yes. forgot, like, what is Fog Dancing? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's a, it's a novel that in universe was written by one of the authors who was one of the creative people that V took to this island to create his squid, and then he killed them all to preserve his secret. Right. right? So the idea is that V reads this novel because, you know, he feels some remorse about having yeah. to kill this guy. And in universe, uh, it's, I can't remember whether it was in Watchmen itself or whether it was in, no, it, it must've been in, P, in the PDPedia stuff, but, uh, V actually creates like a literary arts fund in this author's name. <laughs> um, you know, in sort of, he does, he does that apparently for like a bunch of the different people that he had to off to keep his squid secret. <laughs> he sort of goes, yeah, well, you know, I had to murder them. But, you know, I'm not a monster. Like, I want them, you know, I feel really okay. guilty about it. You know, like, it just... But what is folk uh, dancing? It's like a so it's, fiction it's this, book? It's a, a, it's a novel. It's a fiction novel. It's sort of like a Kurt Vonnegut-style science fiction story right. where, like, it's sort of... It's sort of... Dis, it's The author is sort of dislocated in time and he, you know, there's sci-fi elements to it, but there's also a suggestion that it might all be a dream that a, right. that a coma patient is having sort of thing, you know. So it is pertains to <coughs> what we know sure. about Vite. exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot of stuff that ties thematically to Vite, but there's also a lot of stuff that just generally ties into sort of the themes of Watchmen. Um, but Petey uh, was a big fan of the novel and he would write fan fiction to this uh, zine, uh, like, like, you know, fan a fan fiction magazine um, about the novel. And they actually, like, he wrote this fan fiction and there's several references in there to, like, people wearing, like, silver suits oh, and, like, okay. you know, using SPF 666 uh, gel to prevent, like, burns and stuff like this, you know. And so, like, there's a lot of elements in there that very, that sort of not so subtly sort of give you a hint as to who Lube Man might actually oh, be. Man, I, which is I, so I good. I can't believe I forgot about Lube Man. So good. You, you, got to, you can't forget about Lube Man. I, clearly. <laughs> Never give up on the Lube Man. But was that the big thing that's going to happen? No. So, okay. so there's so the so other... Potential another, spoiler. So potential but spoiler it is on right the internet. Now. It's yes. not really a spoiler, but if you it's, worry. It's literally part of the supplemental materials and I think he's supposed to create a sense of foreboding for the final episode. So from now on, I'm going to start talking about it and I guess flip forward like two or three minutes. Yeah. Um, in the, in Pedipedia, uh, he, the, the memo this week is actually written after the events of next week's episode. And he talks about some great cataclysm that happens and that several characters are still missing unaccounted for. Right. But, you know, if Dr. Manhattan's involved, they could just be out of time. Or, sure. Yeah. Or, or so just, just not there. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he talks about several characters. Missing means shit in TV. Un unaccounted for, basically. Yeah, exactly. He mentions that there are two unrecognizable bodies that he presumes to be, and the names are, the names are blacked out. Right. Um, and he also mentions that one character is still missing uh, unaccounted for, and the whereabouts of a different character are unknown. Okay. So there's 
Shit, shit goes down next week. Yeah, basically. well, it's the last episode. Absolutely. Yeah. I was hoping it would. <clears throat> but something is going to happen when she turns on that clock. And I, my, my previous theory, I think, is still in the wind in the sense that I wonder if it's a giant mesmerism device. Well, given um, that that was a big theory, that big part yeah. of that, um, was it an Extraordinary Being episode? Yes. That whole thing was about mesmerism Absolutely, being used yeah. to turn black people against each other. That's right, exactly. So uh, so whether, you know, what, what, how that would be employed and what it would but be But then also, we don't know is, remember when we first saw Lady True, she was buying out those farmers with the That's right, and something crashed something to earth. something crashed to earth. And at the time, we sort of thought, oh, was that Dr. Manhattan? No, it wasn't, but... Was it Vibe? Yeah, good point. You know, was it like, Vibe? Yeah. Was it something else entirely? Like, who knows? Yeah. Um, and it also means who crashed the car onto Silk Spectre. Yes. Because we all kind of assumed who, well, that was some, Manhattan throwing yeah. it from Mars, but... But it was, it, was it true? And if so, like, why? Like, why would they do that? You know, why? Like, what would, what would well, be the point? Well, it makes sense because it was... It probably was true because Will Reeves was taken away in was the car. Was taken away in the car. So and one then would she, assume it's her because she's got and maybe crazy it's just alien a, tech or whatever. But maybe they were just returning the car. Like, yeah. Like, and maybe it was just a coincidence yeah. and so that was the big cosmic joke. Yeah, true. <clears throat> true. Because, oh, you know, oh. Laurie, Laurie Blake is the comedian. Like, in, in her life, she was Silk Spectre, but then later in her career she took on her dad's oh, did uh, she? moniker as the comedian. That did was she? The, yes. Yeah. Oh. So that was... And she took on Blake, obviously, is his name. Not yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so... And she's telling jokes in the first... In, in, that, yes, in that pod. So, true. you know, that's, that's definitely become her thing. She's mm. taken on that sort of persona. So the great big cosmic joke of, you know, it wasn't even supposed to... It, it means nothing, really, mm. you know? Maybe, maybe that's the answer, is it means nothing. Just red herrings. Just red herrings yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's very cool. Like... It, it, it could mean everything. It could mean nothing. I love that this show, like with one episode to go, still has so much. Like we, it's, they, they, it's they, told us so much, and we still yeah. have nowhere close to the full picture. Yes. And God, I hope they stick the landing. Yeah. Because if they do, this is this is one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, like, it's. I mean, I would be quite happy if it was just this one season, but I understand it has been renewed for a second season. I think so, and I'm interested to see. I mean, this episode will determine how what that even looks like, mm. um, whether it becomes a bit of an anthology series maybe. Or but they must have known, but... yeah, they must have known going into it that it was good quality. Oh, I'm sure. And, yeah. and have an eye <laughs> to, well, if we can do one series, can we extend it out? Mm. Maybe even do three or something and tie it up in a bow and go. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I just, I, I don't want it to be open ended. I don't want this story to be open ended, if that makes sense. Like, I don't want it to be a cliffhanger. Yeah, it would nice to, yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like that the show has been very, very fair about parceling out information and plot across its mm. eight episodes so far. I think it would be a bit of a cop out if. Episode nine was a little bit of revelation, but then also, ah, but tune in next season mm. to see what happens to, yeah, and it's yeah. like, oh, that would suck. I, I need this, I need this story to resolve itself. Yes. And then you can talk about moving on to the next bit. Mm. Yeah. This needs to be a self-contained thing with the potential for more, mm. which is what the original Watchmen was in many ways. Mm. 
Um, speaking of which, I, in that Onion AV Club article I mentioned about Watchmen, they said that it is unrestrained from movie limits or book sizes or whatever. It's been able to really develop this story that whether he likes it or not really is the true successor to what Alan Moore was doing. Absolutely, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And I thought yeah, that's such ways. a lovely compliment that he probably doesn't want. But no, absolutely, I mean, if he ever did sit down and watch it, I would hope he'd be impressed with what they've this done. Is, this is the least. one thing that Let's I've not seen. Hate it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is the one thing that I've seen of his that I actually do wish he could sit down and watch. And I know why he doesn't. Like, I mean, his his daughter, I don't know whether we talked about this, but like, his daughter, uh, Lee Moore, who's a, a writer herself, um, got on Twitter the other day and sort of, because like, there, there's been a lot of, like the, the, the discussion about Alan Moore has been back in the, in the, the public zeitgeist because the Watchmen series mm. is, is out there. Um, and, you know, there's sort of a, there's a narrative out there that he's a bit of a crazy old hermit and that, you know, he's being a bit unreasonable. Like he, he takes it, his name is not involved anywhere with this, even yeah. though it should be. It like says characters co-created, co-created by, by Dave Gibbons. Yeah. He should have a, a credit on this, but he doesn't because he, he legally ensured that like all of his, his name would not be associated with any of these works from DC Comics, basically. Yeah. Because DC Except Comics, even though we all know that they are. <laughs> absolutely. He, he's well known as the author of this, mm. of this text. Um, he, because he got so badly sort of screwed over by DC Comics and in many different ways. And then the comics industry just kept fucking over one of its greatest creators to the point where he doesn't write comics anymore, really. Like, he's he's just finished his run on The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which was his... Oh, okay. Um, yeah, which that's was right. His, that was him, wasn't it? That's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the books are so much better than the movie that ended up killing Sean Connery's career. Yeah. Um, but... He's just so it's taken him like a decade to finish those comics because he just works at his own speed and when the artist is available and and that sort of thing. Uh, he's finally finished that, and as far as as far as anyone knows, he doesn't really have any comics work coming out anytime soon. Like he writes books every once does in a while. Does he make money off the Watchmen? Like does he, he does. I think he does still make money. He makes money somehow. He gets royalties and things like that. Okay. But I think a, a lot of in a lot of the so cases, like he wouldn't have a lot of money. Well, and this is the thing, like. But I think in a lot of cases, he does take, like, the share of his money that he would get from, like, the royalties that he gets, and he'll often donate it to, uh, like, artists who need, yeah. or, or, like, writers who are on hard times. Like, yeah. there's there's one uh, writer, um, I think, well, Bill, Bill Mantlow is one of them, but there's a couple of writers, who, of old comic book writers, who have developed like pretty severe health problems mm. and they have sort of open sort of Kickstarter or GoFundMe pages mm. where they're like, please pay for my dialysis, oh. you know, and he'll often like yeah. take this year's Watchmen royalties and give it to one of those guys. Yeah. Um, so he's he a wonderful like guy. he sounds like the kind of person who just lives in a house. <clears throat> he does. Sort, he, like, he, he lives, lives in, he lives in Northampton and he yeah. has lived in Northampton his whole life and he'll die in Northampton. Yeah. Like he... And he, does, he probably and he does, just, isn't an extravagant person. He lives in a creaky old house in Northampton yeah. filled with comics and books and, you know, but, wizarding you know, and, and, and wizarding stuff. And he's a, he's a wonderful old eccentric, yeah. um, but he's a, he's a wonderful guy. And his daughter got on Twitter and sort of said, look, you know, the narrative out there is that he's being weird and difficult and that he's strange and all this sort of thing. But you have to understand that like the comic, the comics industry broke his heart, you oh, know, wow. and you know, how would you react if, like, you just kept getting screwed over by the by something that you love? Like, the reason he yeah. did all this 
was because he loved comics. Yeah. He loved them. He was an obsessive nerd about comics and he created the best comic and it basically like killed his career in comics. You know, like it just, it's insane. Like it's just such a tragic story in many ways. Mm -hmm. And he's not unreasonable to say, I want nothing more to do with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it's, he's not being, he's not being unreasonable. And I mean, I I show, I tagged you in that video today. So Alan Moore is an anarchist and has been his entire life and he's never voted in an election. And this election in the UK, he's come out and said, I'm voting for the very first time in my life for Labour because the Tories are insane and evil. (laughs) And we need to stop them. But he posted a video, which is of Alan Moore today, yeah. who looks like you think of when you think of a wizard. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's got he's that very, us, very yeah. low, deep Northampton Northampton voice. He's like, we need to vote out these Tories. <laughs> you know, and it's just... <laughs> oh, my God, Mr. Moore, when did you arrive? <laughs> but it's just wonderful. And that's so Alan Moore. He's like staring deeply into the camera in his sunken eyes. Um He's a wonderful. He's a wonderful guy. I think he's he's lovely. He's such an amazing creator, and it sucks that he had such a bad um, run with the comics industry. Yeah, yeah. Like they really did him dirty, and it shouldn't have. He's quite rightly hailed as one of the greatest living comics writers. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it sucks. I don't know how we got on that tangent. No, no, no. Well, you know, it, it, it's all part <clears throat> of the great tapestry. Um, I guess looking forward to next week. I'm kind of sad as well because it's over and I've really been enjoying yeah. uh, Watchmen as my little Monday night ritual. If they do come back next year, I hope I'll be inspired to write about it because if it does throw up all these weird things. Totally. Uh, and obviously it does throw up a bit of, you know, man candy, which um, <laughs> clearly gives me a good jumping off point. There was a big old box of man candy in yeah. this episode. Wow. Um, but... Uh, uh, before we go, there are a few pop culture things you wanted to talk about, trailers that we've seen. Oh, yes. Yeah, so well, I thought, I mean, you know, since the, since we are a, a pop culture podcast. That's right. Know, yeah, Natalie, we've got to try and. I thought we game. should, yeah, we yeah. should try and, you know, talk about some other things. We're talking about two yeah, different yeah. shows at the moment. But yes. <clears throat> so, I mean, I, uh, so a couple of things that have come out in the last couple of weeks. I mean, we've sort of, we've let the couple of get past us. James Bond trailer. I was yeah. going to say, so I, I added that to the list um, as we were talking because. Yeah, Bond, uh, the next Bond. cautiously optimistic. It looks pretty cool. It looks pretty cool, but it does still have fucking Blofeld in it. And I love Blofeld. I love classic Blofeld, of course. But the Blofeld they did, I mean, great performance by that guy. What's his name? He's in everything. Oh, Christ. I'm, I'm yeah, trying to you know the guy. Yeah. Played Blofeld, Inspector. Great performance, but just a shitty, shitty interpretation of Blofeld. It Terrible, yeah. pissed me off no end. And they, and they I, did that thing. Yeah, I still haven't it. gone back to watch Spectre because it makes me mad every time I think of it. <laughs> and this is a follow-on. It's got Leah Sado in it yeah. again. So it's a follow-on from Spectre. Sure. But it's interesting that it's a follow-on. I thought I thought it was really interesting that they decided, okay, well, let's... let's. I think that's been the nature of the Craig flicks, though. They're, it's all one story. It's all one story, yeah. And, and, and that's fine, but I... We, and it's so interesting. It's it's fascinating actually because that they seem to be all sort of flowing on from one another because mm. they his Casino Royale was Bond Begins basically. Yes. It was meant to be him at the very start of his career. Yeah. And then every and now he, he's like every the old other guy movie, who's, but, but yeah. it seems like every other movie in the in the first one was like I'm just starting out, and every other movie has been I am so old. <laughs> I, I've been I've been doing this for years. Yeah, it's like have you? 
No, we haven't seen anything. The like, second movie literally takes off straight after the first. Yeah. Like it, it, there's not even any It gap. doesn't make any sense to do that, but like every other movie has been and oh, this too movie old for this shit. And ostensibly takes after, which Spectre was, what, 2015? Yes. So we're talking five years between flicks. Maybe it's yeah. 2016 because Skyfall was 2013 or 2012. God, was it really? Yeah. Jesus. This is what I mean. There's been it's a been long, a long gap, time between drinks. And it's really... It just is like, why are you doing? And then, and then it's, it's been so is, long that we've effectively missed the window for Idris Elba to be Bond. <laughs> I still reckon Kit Harrington, man. Kit Harrington, make him Bond. That's my, that's my dark horse. Well, no, no. You know what? You know what would be the dark horse? Phoebe Waller Bridge. Well, you know, <sighs> <laughs> because in this movie we do have a female Double O Seven. Yeah. Apparently. I don't know why. People I don't know got, if they stuck with that. But people I, got so angry about that. It's oh, like, how can you? Wow, it's like it's clearly Daniel Craig as 007. Like this is a James. It's Bond clearly film. it's clearly Daniel Craig as James Bond. 007 is. His, and the point the point is the point like, is he's been replaced. If he's left the service again, which he did at the end of the first one, then of course they're going to replace his number. Like of course, 007. And would she's be going to else. die most likely. Probably. Like in the way that Bond films go, she'll be the one who'll have a heroic death that he'll cry over. Yeah. Like. I mean... Absolutely, yeah. That, it just seems why like... Why people get upset about these things? Because that's... Get upset people, about things like why Blofeld was so shitty. That's get what upset certain, about that. That's Don't what a certain type about. of person does for like a recreational activity now. Yeah, and she looks they, amazing. And she look, she kind awesome. of is reminiscent of, and I don't Super want to girl. say this, but reminiscent of Grace Jones, who was just one of the most, in one of the worst Bond films, but one of the most <laughs> memorable Bond villains. Totally, yeah. And this woman to me has just that incredibly lithe look about her that yes. is reminiscent of Grace Jones. She was, I'm, um, I'm, I'm very, uh, and sassy stupidly, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And very cool. I'm, uh, I'm forgetting her name, but um, she was also in uh, Captain Marvel as the, as I Monica haven't seen Rambeau. Captain Marvel. Oh really? No. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen that one or Dr. Strange. Did you uh, see Endgame? Did you end yeah, up seeing yeah. Endgame? No, okay, I saw right. the, I saw Black Panther and I saw, to the, both of the Avengers, but I don't think I saw um, the Ant-Man ones. I haven't seen either of those, Doctor right. Strange or Captain Marvel. Right. Doctor Strange is quite good. Yeah, I miss a lot, it. A lot of people don't like it, but it's got a lot of psychedelic sort of imagery oh, okay. and magic sort of stuff in it, But which is very cool. Uh, now they're all on the <coughs> Disney Channel and they're not on Netflix, well, well, that's so right. I can't see them. Oh, do you not have Disney Plus? Do you? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. I have a oh, small child. Yeah, true. And also, it has every episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, that's a good Every point. single episode. Whenever you, you want to watch it, Matt. But Stu, you hate The Simpsons. You are well known I for being- I adore The Simpsons. You, you are well known for Up being- Up until about sort of season 10 or so. Yeah, that's what everyone says. I'm like, there was good stuff which, after that. I couldn't tell you. I haven't watched it in insanely years. means I like about a third of The Simpsons. Yeah. That's that's astonishing to yeah. me. But anyway, the classic era is classic era is untouchable. Is, 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 yeah, like from season is it three to nine or something, three to eight or something. The the, the super. I, I think it was like you, every episode was a banger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. See, three three to eight is basically. Should we do a podcast where we watch every episode of The Simpsons? <laughs> then we. Well, I'm, like I'm pretty, do, I'm, I'm, I can tell you for a fact that's that's already a podcast. Oh, but, I know, but yeah. like our spin on it because sure. you could watch. Yeah. Two or three episodes at a time. That's true. I, I've actually yeah, well, the, the, the insane minutes. thing is, I have been go, I have started like a rewatch. Really, and several of several of the episodes. Do you get out I much? haven't. 
no, I have a small child. I, <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't get out at all. Fair enough. Um, I started a rewatch. Uh, it's not like, like the, the early, like season one episodes. They're weird to watch. They're super weird to watch super because weird. the animation is rough as hell. And it still had that whole, whole, whole kind of family values, let's learn a moral lesson, yeah. which was the way Se- sitcoms Season one were. especially because it was satirizing those sitcoms. Yeah. So it was. But it didn't quite find its groove. No, like like you can definitely you can feel the show click into place in season two. Yeah, and once they start putting the pop culture references in, yeah. and all the in jokes. Yeah, and, and the, like there's there's pop culture references, but it just the timing slightly off. The animation doesn't quite work. Mm. Dan Castellaneta's voice. Dan Castellaneta's voice is still way more like famously like uh, Homer was based on Walter Matthau. Oh, okay. Right, and you can really tell in the early episodes, like it's it's really sort of gruff and, and deep. And oh, that's right. He's like, boy, yeah, oh, oh, boy, yeah. you know. Um, whereas, like, as soon as, as the first episode of season two, the show is it's The Simpsons. Like, like it's yeah. The Simpsons, you know, and you can run basically right through the series, even even into like Zombie Simpsons Land, like in the in the later sort of series. Yeah. You know, it's the same show. Yeah. Um, but that first that first season is real weird. Yeah. To go back and watch, it's it's strange. Um, but the animation has gotten so much better too. Like, well, the animation, yeah, exactly. Like even if you go back to watch the monorail or something, everything it'll be a bit slightly, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's. I mean, monorail maybe was they, like maybe season they six or pumped something. Pumped it up a bit. Yeah. They do the DVD releases and stuff. Uh, well, I mean, well, famously they had the the issue where they they haven't done the proper transfer for Disney Plus, the real nerdy um, argument. So. Um, because they want it in letterbox format, um, instead of doing a pro- instead of showing it in like a square format, which is what it was yeah. in, the, in the original, and up until quite recently, um, they instead have just zoomed in on the image. Oh no! Right, and so they kind of cut off a lot yeah. of, and, and all the animation looks even worse because you're that much closer to the line art. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so it kind of it highlights a lot of the problems that, that are already sort of there. Right. Um, and famously, like, it cuts off a couple of, like, sight gags. Uh, <coughs> does that mean that Disney Plus has Futurama as well? That's a really good point. I'll have to look at that. I don't know whether it does or not. I, it has every episode of The Simpsons. I don't know about Futurama. I'll have to have a look. I didn't even... Because a lot of my Futurama DVDs have stopped watching and sometimes when I'm just in a mood for like the greatest comfort, I just (laughs) want to put on Futurama, which is so weird because I'm not that much of a sci-fi person with a lot of other shows, but Futurama is easily in my top three sitcoms of all time. Yeah. Like beats The Simpsons for me. I love The Simpsons. It's very good. Look, for for me personally, like I like The Simpsons more than Futurama, but I love Futurama. Like it's very, very good. It's just so good. It's yeah, so it's every a, episode is just mwah. There's so many in jokes and so many gags and so many clever science gags that, like, when I work them out, I'm like, oh my god, so good. Uh, but how to, much is Disney Plus? Uh, I think it's like it's like eight ninety nine a month. Oh, okay. It's pretty reasonably priced, and there's no tiers. I sound like I'm selling you. Disney Plus what do you right mean, now. Tears? Oh, like Netflix has tears. Netflix has tears. Like, like you pay more and you get you can stream it on more streams and you get it like oh, in a okay. higher quality stream and stuff like yeah. that. Um, whereas Disney Plus, you pay that. There's one there's one price to access it, 
and you get access to everything in the highest quality and you can watch it on a bunch of different So screens. it'll have all the Disney movies and Disney cartoons It has basically stuff. every Disney movie except for Song of the South. Quite, oh, yeah. yeah, quite. Can I recommend if people want to <clears> hear <throat> about that is um, you must remember this, which is one of my favourite podcasts, just did uh, Karina Longworth. She's amazing. Yes. Uh, she's a film critic and she just did this six-part series on Song of the South called Six Degrees of Song of the South. And tracing kind of the the movie itself, how it was made, the backstory, uh, some of the actors in it, why they were in it, how it happened, uh, and then you know its life afterwards, ending with how it was kind of how she describes it. It was stripped for parts. So Splash Mountain <laughs> at Disneyland, the yes. ride has all the Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Bear stuff, and the song sure. at the end of the ride when you splash down, you hear yeah, it, yeah. Doodah. and. Uh, but it's been stripped of all the, the live action context around it, which is the like, oh God, problematic stuff. <laughs> and goes into how even at the time when it was released, a whole bunch of people were like, this is not good. Yeah, so that's it's what not I mean, like yeah. it's not like people at the time were going, well, it's of its time. It's like, no, people at the time it, even were going, of its time, yeah, people were people going, like, this ah, sucks. No. <laughs> but what's interesting is she plays Zippity Doodah, but it, it's kind of through the series and you realise that's such a freaking catchy song. It is. And it's even, incredibly catchy. Just even listening to the podcast, I just had Zippity Doodah stuck in my head yeah. for days. And I was like, am I problematic that I'm singing this song? Like, <laughs> but, but that's what Disney's done is they've tried to pull it out. And of, divorce it of its context. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it out of its origin story and, and just make well, it a, a fun the song. The thing is, like, when I was a kid, I definitely heard that song. And I definitely saw like the cartoony bits? parts of. I definitely saw that old African American guy singing Zippity Doodah with with, the, blue with birds. the bluebirds and stuff. I think. See, what I think they would have done is do you remember there was like the Wonderful World of Disney yeah. and those kinds of shows. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it would have been in a clip. Probably. I think they would have... Like, again, divorced of all context. Because I have no recollection. It's just a fun guy she, walking through the woods well, singing she a talks, song. She talks about going to see it in 1986. <coughs> so she's my age. Yeah. Which is very young. Um, <laughs> and she was a newborn. Oh, God. Um, but she talks about going to see it with her mother because yeah. her mother went to see it as a kid on a previous re-release. Jesus. And so, but, but that's what Disney did before videotape. They would yeah. just re-release all their movies, Absolutely. get a whole new generation to come along and parents would take their kids because they went. So her mother just took her to this because she'd gone there. She had no recollection of, she's sick, so she didn't get the context of it. Um, but she remembers seeing it. But I never saw the movie or anything like yeah. that. I just, but I'm like you, I remember seeing uh, I definitely saw James like... Basket is his name. Right, okay. And, um, and the Bluebirds. Yeah. I got bluebirds on, on my, my shoulders. shoulder. Like it, it seems so happy and chirpy. And, totally. and then you go, oh my God, the it, content. Oh it's God. a completely innocuous song. It's a song about a dude going for a walk and saying, what a wonderful day today. Yeah. That's but all I think the song's about. The lead into the song is <laughs> him talking to this young white boy on the plantation about, I remember the old times when things were much more satisfactual. Yeah, like, yeah. And, and it's set, Disney had to clarify uh, that it's set during Reconstruction. Yes. So the idea of the good old days when we all knew yeah. our place, yep. like it's referring to uh, slavery. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of 
stuff there. Problematic content. Yeah. Yes. But it, it's 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 a really interesting six part series if you mm. if you're into that kind Absolutely. of thing. Absolutely. And they're all it's it's always such an engaging podcast. I highly recommend it. But what else have we seen? Well, I was going to say to, to answer your oh, question that started us on this on this tangent. Um, Futurama is not on Disney Plus. Well, screw that then. <laughs> Uh, and I can't quickly find a reason why. It seems, to be, be, it seems to be a completely I want to watch Richard Nixon's head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we opened the crate and the uh, damn thing was dead. Up chucked its bamboo. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Every line is zinger. Classic. Oh, it's so good. Classic Did you show. see, I saw a really great Facebook, po you know, shared post of someone who went to a comic con as Richard Nixon's head. <laughs> and I don't know how he did it because he's in like this quite small trolley with a little curtain at the back so yeah. and then his he's got his head sticking up through the top of it right. with the thing on and yeah. he's got like i don't know if it's water or something to make it look like water and sure. bubbles and he's going oh i'm gonna come into your house and wreck up the joint and i was like and then he scoots off automate it's like automated like he's got right. a little you know little segue or something in that's there fantastic. and i'm like how's he fit in there like that's so well done <laughs> and it's like vote one richard nixon's yeah, head yeah. i'm like oh my god that's my favorite ever that's very and cool. Zap Brannigan like how can you not just be in love with Zap Brannigan <laughs> in all of his incredibly it's incredible just oh, <laughs> bless Disney Plus uh, get on Futurama I want to absolutely see they it. definitely should I want it on tap and then I might consider paying for your product and feeding more money into There's your rapacious copyright because destroying Disney, thing yes but because Disney owns so many things now um, there's suggestion that they might actually launch like a separate streaming service for stuff that they doesn't want under like a Disney label. Oh, I see. <clears throat> so Disney edge, Disney edge. <laughs> yeah. Well, Disney X. <laughs> well, because they own, I mean, technically Disney owns Deadpool and theoretically should be releasing it through Disney plus, but it won't because that's an R rated film with lots of like violence and sex jokes in it. And that they own a lot of films now through like Fox and a bunch of other acquisitions that they've done that are probably not great to put under like a Disney banner, yeah. but they want to still put them out there. So there's a suggestion that they might put like a separate, more adult focused streaming service. And it's got The Mandalorian too. It does. It? Yes. Which I've been watching. I, I love that watch. show. Yeah. A lot of people seem very to good. be It's been very good. It. It's very Star Warsy. It's very Star Warsy without being... Like a rehash of the original trilogy, which is, I think, the one of the criticisms of the new movies is yeah. that you know, in a lot of ways, either they're too close or they're not close enough. Uh, <laughs> Turns out it's hard to sort of thread that needle yeah. of pleasing old fans and, and, and yeah. So <clears throat> Oberon Martell plays the Mandalorian. Well, but do you ever see his face at all? Not not so far. And, you and the, seen the idea the idea is you don't. Right. Um, because he always keeps so his helmet on. So it could just be on. anyone. That's, that's part of... Well, it is a series of stuntmen. Like, it's not actually him in the... That's what I mean. It's just, he just he does, does the voice. He does the voice. Yeah. yeah. He does the voice. And then they confirmed that. They were being very um, coyly vague about that. no actor would go... No, of course and not. spend months If you don't a, have to. Like, yeah, why would you? But also, if your face... You're, that's your whole career is your yeah, face. Like, you're right. not going to... If you're exactly. not going to see my face, I'm not going to... Yeah, why would I be here? Yeah. I'm not a mime. Like, I mean, for God's sake. But... Yeah, so it's a series of like stuntman performers, like being the body of the Mandalorian, mm. and then he'll do the voiceover. Mm. Yeah, so but it's baby, a good show. Baby Yoda is everyone's. Baby Yoda, I would live and die for Baby Yoda. <laughs> uh, he wow. is, 
He's a little champion. So, Stu, your Whoever... child, your own child, your flesh and blood, and baby Yoda. Look, <laughs> I'd have to give it some real thought. I'd have to give it some real thought. It seemed to be a clever thing that they did because it just made everyone... My, you know, my, I mean... No, exactly. Well, exactly. That He is weaponized cute. Okay. Like, he is just adorable. Like, it's... <laughs> it's and, and whoever, like... Whoever's been writing these episodes obviously, like, has kids because the way this, this little thing acts, especially in the early first couple of episodes, is just exactly like a toddler. Right. Like, exactly like, like a toddler. He's, like, 50 years old or something. Yeah, he's 50 years old, but like for, for his species, that's a toddler. Oh, right. <clears throat> so, yeah, very cute. Like, you know, if I had to choose between Chloe Giant's Bane and Baby Yoda, I would have to make a list of pros and cons. <laughs> you know, on the one hand, like, oh, you know, very cute. my actual daughter, adorable, the, the light of my life, my reason for being. On the other hand, Baby Yoda, you know, he has force powers. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, there's pros and cons on both sides. And, and, uh, all my Facebook feed is like 30, 40%. <laughs> just just baby, baby Yoda gifts. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Gifts, memes, the whole bit. Uh, People are insane. Are they selling toys of him yet? Apparently not. I read this today Jesus. that apparently, apparently they Disney held... not selling? I know, right? Apparently they held off on Baby Yoda toys because they didn't want to give away the reveal of Baby Yoda in episode one. But I'm but like... But you would still have it ready to go for part of... I know. All anyone wants is a Baby Yoda toy and apparently they don't exist yet. I'm like, you need to get on that. Like, I mean, that's like, is it Bluey, the um, Brisbane yes, cartoon? Yes. Like, they've launched their toys, soft toys. Yes. And I just keep seeing people on Facebook going, I need a bingo. If you see one, <laughs> please buy it. Like, well, because no. they did the thing. So they have, they have the big plush. They have, like, the big plush Bluey toy. Right. And they also have a smaller plush Bluey toy and the same size bingo toy. Right. But apparently bingo is the sister character. If anyone hasn't watched Bluey, there's... Two little cartoon dogs. The older sister is called Bluey. The younger sister is called Bingo. And Bingo is sort of a stealth fan favorite. Yeah. Everyone loves Bingo. But they order... Apparently, they made them in a ratio of like three to one. Like for, for every four toys, right. three would be a Bluey plushie and one would be a Bingo plushie. Holding back so the bingo, the bingo plushies went like that. And they are like... Super valuable on eBay now. Apparently, Jesus. like people are people are buying them for a couple of hundred bucks. I really it's wish I'd gone and bought one. Just insane. I could have made some sweet profit on that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, baby. Made a couple hundred bucks for some desperate desperate parents ahead <laughs> yeah. of Christmas. Um, is is parenting really like the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? <laughs> Jingle, Jingle all the way. way. <laughs> uh, not yet, but. I'm, I'm preparing to punch a reindeer in the face is all wow. I'm saying. Yeah. Wow, that's hardcore. Um, you speaking picked the of, wrong day. <laughs> speaking of Oberyn Martell, he is also in Wonder Woman. And he we is. saw the trailer for that. <coughs> we, I, I, coming out I showed you that trailer. I, I thought you would okay. be all over that trailer, okay. Natalie. Let, I'm trying for the audience's sake to make it seem like I'm on top of everything. <laughs> but yes, if you insist <laughs> on telling everyone. Have I, have I peeled back the curtain here? She said, and we can talk about other things because you've seen the Wonder Woman trailer, surely. And I was like, no, I haven't. <laughs> Why haven't I? Anyway, so we watched it. Looks fun. You know, she's in the red and blue again. She, yeah. Another person who I'm like. Except at the very end where she's in like her gold, like eagle armor, uh, which looks pretty cool. And it actually looks like a little bit Flash gordon -y. Gal Gadot is just, <laughs> she's everything. She's, she's, she's extremely good, yes. Everything. I just, she's such a good pick for that role because she, of course, is absolutely stunningly beautiful. 
yes. and amazing and gorgeous, mm. but not in a. It's in like it's in like a relatable way. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I, I absolutely you're like, get. Oh, what you're I could also be best about, yeah. friends with Gal Gadot, amazing, stunning yeah. goddess. <laughs> like we, we would get on. We'd be besties. Um, Kate McKinnon, uh, the Saturday Night Live. It's not Kate McKinnon. It's Kristen Wiig, isn't it? No, no, no. I was going to say. So Kristen Wiig is in this. Yeah, yeah, movie. yeah. Is she a bad guy? Uh, she's playing, she's technically, I think she's still playing Chitara, which is like Wonder Woman's like Joker. It's her main sort Isn't of nemesis. Isn't Chitara from Thundercats? Yes. Same name, different character. Right. Um, For a no. while she was the only female Thundercats. So yes. You know what cats are like. <laughs> I don't think any of those Thundercats were de-sexed. I'm just saying. <laughs> Lion-o. Was it Lion-o? Lion-o. Li- Lion-o. Lion-o. Thundercats. Oh! oh! It's like, well, yeah, I mean, there's that many guys and <laughs> only one. Uh, only one Chitara. Because um, yeah. uh, <laughs> there was shots of her looking all geeky and like, oh, I'm just a sad person. And then all of a sudden yeah, she's kind of glamorous. So a she'll get a Maybe or maybe she won't. Maybe, maybe, they'll do a, maybe they'll do a bit of a, a subversion. Pretty woman Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I think she was going to be playing a villain. I don't know if her character's still a villain, but, like, that but was the But Pedro that was the Pascal idea. seems to be. He seems to be, but, like, but maybe... a terrible blonde wig. I mean, really great bad. for the character, yeah, great yeah, 80s yeah. thing. But Absolutely. I'm like, but he's a beautiful, uh, dark-haired... Dark-haired Latin Latino man. Latino man who uh, speaks sensually and, and, you know, pleasure you. They've made him into a weird, schlubby, like, yeah. sales salesman guy. But fun. He's, yeah. he's a it looks great good. Actor. It looks fun. Chris um, Pine's back. Um, and now he's yeah, the he's apparently. the one who's all befuddled and a fish out of water sort of thing. Oh yeah. So that's that's uh, that's a cool twist. Yeah, they don't really say how he's back, but they yeah they've definitely. I'm sure they'll explain yeah, it. It'll back. be a bit of a hand wavy thing. It might Wibbly, be wobbly, wobbly, timey wimey. Sure, exactly. Um, suggestions that they might have an invisible jet in this one because there's definitely a shot in a jet. Uh, I don't know whether it will turn invisible or not. That'd be quite cool. Are they still visible though? Because wasn't that the thing with Wonder Woman? Like she's visible, but her plan. Stop it, cat. Um, Cat's being very insistent on Pat's. <laughs> um, but no, it looks good. It looks it looks really cool. Um, it looks fun. It's it's the one. Oh, freaking hell, Cat! Get off! Sorry, wow. Cat spray break. She's causing trouble. Um, she's causing <laughs> trouble. She's doing this on purpose. She's come right back around again. Sorry, I had to get my pen. She's like, well, you threw me off one time. I didn't throw her off. Sorry, animal rights people. I sprayed the water bottle at her and she jumped off. <laughs> it's, it's positive reinforcement. Yes. Negative reinforcement. Sorry, suggestions of a plane. Yes. Well, I was just saying, like, like overall the movie seems, like, really good. And it's really interesting that um, this seems to be, like, DC's big successful franchise mm. now, which is quite funny because they had this conversation the other day um, the internet kind of blew up because Variety posted a uh, interview with one of the DC executives where they sort of said, "Yeah, we don't really know what to do with Superman. We don't think he's really relevant yeah, to that was today's big, thing." Yeah. And everyone sort of went, "Really? You think the uh, immigrant from a dying world who lands in America makes a life for himself and then fights an evil tech billionaire is not <laughs> relevant to today's <laughs> thing?" You know, today's world, 2019, you can't see how that would be relevant. It's because it's hard to do superheroes <coughs> with, um, and Wonder Woman kind of shows that, but she's she's got that sort of naivete and, and maybe sure. that will have changed because she's been around now for, what, 90 years or whatever. Yeah, she seems to be more sort of so, self-assured. And, and yeah, that, but... she's like, I've seen some things <laughs> and I've been around 
and I age really well. <laughs> okay, not at all. Uh, but yeah, Superman, I mean, it is tough. And what I think they should do, Stu, and I know this will surprise you, but I think a reboot <laughs> of Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, sure. with Dean Kane. Yes, I really? know. I know he's problematic really? and a Republican and a bit crazy, but hear me out. Uh, he's not appearing in that weird crisis thing that uh, the TV DC shows are doing. Yeah, they're doing... Is they're, it, wasn't that a big comic thing, Crisis on Infinite Crisis Earth? on Infinite Earths is a famous DC comic book storyline where they, they had all these different universes and it just became completely unworkable. So they said, we know what we'll do. We'll do a book where on, on panel we kill a bunch of your favourite characters and just streamline the universe down into like one universe. Oh, right. There's just one universe now. There's no Earth 2. There's no Justice Society. There's not, nothing like that. Just... One universe, that's it. And they immediately undid it, like with a bunch of stuff. So just <laughs> so for the next for the next like twenty so that was in nineteen in nineteen eighty something. I will get wow. loose fan cred for not doing that, but um so in the nineteen eighties they did that. And then about every five years since there's a new crisis. Oh I see. And they, they basically continually builds DC, up builds up life crisis. It's like pruning a tree. Superman gets a new flash car. Exactly. You know, it, it seems to be, it's like pruning a tree. Like you oh, know, okay. stuff will grow, 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 grow. They'll come along with a weed whacker and just be like, <laughs> nope, stop it. None of that. Make it simple. It just comes back. Superman, Batman, but it always grows back. It's like it Lantana. Always, it just well, comes right it's back. It's just the nature of the, the stories that they're telling is yeah. they branch out. You have all these interesting continuity things. People do cool stuff. People build on the cool stuff. And then suddenly you have all this continuity. And if you're a new reader who wants to come in and just buy the latest issue, you've got to, you've got to know like five, ten years of backstory. Right. And they're like, no, enough of that. Stop. New readers, new readers. Chop it all away. So... That's the, that's they've got Brandon Routh back for that. They did well, well because two thousand five because Brandon Routh is already in that show as the Adam, which I which I quite like. Um, but he's being Superman. Now. But he's actually yeah. So so they've basically got a twofer. They've they've got he already is in the show right. as a different character, and they've gone. Listen, um, we're doing this whole like, universal crossover thing. Do you reckon you'd want to just quickly <laughs> put a bit of grey on the temples and like do the thing? You know, he's like, ah, sure, why not? So, yeah, yeah he's going to, so he's going to be Superman again, which is Put great. Because honestly, like, Brandon Routh gets a lot of crap because he was in what's considered to be one of the bad. He was a good Superman, he's though. He's perfectly fine And Superman. he was a good Clark Kent. He's very good Clark Kent. Like, he was. He was he actually was a very good Clark Kent. Bumbling and charming yeah. and, and, and sweet, and as opposed to Henry Cavill, which I haven't seen those Superman movies, but he just looked too. I'm really stiff and dark. Henry, like, Henry Cavill. Once he he was actually really good as Superman. Once they let him have a personality and not be like dark and brooding all the time, because Zack Snyder wanted to make a Batman movie and got handed Superman instead. Oh right. Um. So once they let him be cool and Superman, uh, he was great. He was great as Superman. I never really bought him as Clark Kent, but as Superman, he was fine. I really okay. liked him. I, I think he got. I'd love to see him in one more movie where. They did something fun with the character instead of being really dark and brooding and mm. serious all the time because it's that's not Superman, that's Batman. Yeah, you know, and Zack Snyder really loves Batman and wanted to make a Batman movie, and instead they gave him Superman. He's like, I can work with this. We'll, we'll build a Batman. <laughs> <coughs> so, uh, yeah, well, so Brandon Routh is so, so they're doing 
that whole because there's all those Arrow and all yeah, there's Arrow, Supergirl. there's Batgirl, there's Supergirl, I've never the Flash, watched um, any of them. No, but it, people love them. People really love them. Um, I've watched a few of them, like I not not all the episodes and not all the seasons, but they're just fun. They're fun, lightweight, like TV action, sci-fi entertainment. They're fun. Mm. They're good. And they seem to get the characters a lot better than the big screen movies. Oh, really? Like, especially especially stuff like... I mean, The Flash actually is probably pretty... Like, um, Ezra Miller as The Flash was actually pretty good um, in the Justice League movie that came out. But, yeah, it was just sort of, like... I don't know. It just, like, something's missing. Like, some, they're, they're, there's, a, there's an essential element that the, the movies aren't getting for some reason that the TV shows really seem to get. They really seem to nail down. It, 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 a lot of it is just not taking it so seriously. Like, still not treating it as a joke, but also having fun. Like, like having fun with this insane universe that you have at your disposal. Mm. You know, it's, it's very good. Mm. It's good to see. And, I, and they seem to be having a lot of fun with doing this wacky... Like, it's like... Seven different series are doing like crossover episodes. It's massive. It's huge. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and finally, because we are approaching the two and a half hour. Jesus. Mark, okay. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> but I have had fun, and this, as I said, we haven't been in the same room, so no. It's yeah, we're harder we're to reveling. do all this impromptu chat yes. when we're over Skype and trying to work out who's speaking when. <laughs> yes. But. Doctor Who released a trailer as well, yes, and they're yeah, yeah. dropping an episode on New Year's Day. We found out, yeah, New Year's Day is so the I next So I feel like episode. we should probably podcast around I that. would very much like to do that. Yeah. That sounds great. We should get uh, Greg and Dan from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast. They should. can jump in. Also, I was thinking, you know, do you remember what we were doing this time last year? I do. <laughs> I do remember. We were making a our very own Doctor Who radio serial. <laughs> Jefferson Starship. Jefferson Starship. Which was bizarre. And <coughs> I've copped some criticism about the writing uh, on that From show. who? Uh, mostly Greg. Mostly Greg? That's, <laughs> no, that's, 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 that's me. But uh, no, it, it was um, you've very been copping, fun. You've been copping criticism about the thing you wrote piecemeal to, as a joke. Yeah, like, but, and I finished off five minutes you finished before, off five we, minutes before recording, we recorded it. But. Can I just say, it was also Greg who suggested I should write a follow-up that we have ready to go for New Year's Day and put them up side by side. So we write a Doctor Who New Year's Day episode. And oh, I see. Yes. And okay. drop it and then compare the two. <laughs> I'm just saying, are you in? Are you in? I, I, you, know, you know I am. If I have time between now and New Year's Day, <laughs> sure you can throw something together. It doesn't have to be as crazy as... My problem is I, what I should do is something that's like New Year's Day on a different planet because I went back in time, which is my specialty being a history person. Sure, yes. I know a bit about history, so that means I can kind of concoct some shit quickly. But I should <laughs> turn my thinking brain on and go, Doctor Who episode, different planet, crazy shit, and then we record it. I can be the Doctor again. You can be Stuart the Psychic. Uh, uh, I think you were just Stuart. You, you, you <laughs> did me the... the- the incredible gift of just writing me in as the companion. Uh, and then we can get Nick Wiggins back. <coughs> we can if you if he'll if he'll come back after that experience. Let me do that again. We can get Nick back. Yes, excellent. Who came in and recorded some stuff? I think Dan was sick, so didn't come along. We can get him in. And who else came in? Ah, uh, Scott. Else. Scott Driscoll. Oh yes, yeah, uh, Scott. Came along. Our friend Scott Driscoll. Scott Driscoll came in. He was in Die Hard. He can come in again. And was there anyone else? 
No, I think that was it. Was that it? Scott was doing a lot of the heavy lifting as no, all the Greg big parts. Greg was doing a lot. Oh, and Greg, Greg did heaps. Yeah, yeah. He was narrating and then yes, doing about five during... different voices. <laughs> uh, but yeah, why don't we look at doing that? Is that a random, stupid promise? No, no. I, I assumed we would be podcasting <laughs> you'll just, in some form. You'll just have to be available yes. around the Christmas break so we can record it. Sure. Again, I'll do the same thing. Nobody will see it until we do it. <laughs> so we get the real-time reactions. Except we're telling everyone right now that we're doing it. No, no, but you guys won't have seen oh, the story. Oh, yes, yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we, we actors, get it fresh. Yes. The actors won't have seen the story. Yes. And then we, you know, throw throw some shit at them. <laughs> and compare, and people can compare the proper Doctor Who episode versus our slapdash, last-minute, ill-conceived Doctor Who episode. <laughs> yeah. Just saying, there were a few so, episodes last season. I was about to say. We like, could have beaten. I'm sure we could have done better last season. This This one looks pretty good, actually. And I, the show I hope or the series? The, the show. And well, the, the this episode and also... I haven't seen a thing for that particular episode. Or is that the one we watched just before? I mean, that, I mean a lot of that stuff is... I think that is, was for the series. Uh, well, it is, but I think a lot of that, a lot of what they're pulling from that is from the first, like the New Year's Day episode. Oh, okay. Um, because that has... It, it's insanely like overloaded with guest stars because it has Stephen Fry and Lenny Henry in it. In one episode. In one episode. Why to burn Stephen Fry... Yeah, like Stephen unless Price he's coming be back. A big bad or something. I mean, unless he's coming back, maybe he seems to be like the unit style oh, um, okay. figure, the like he, type. Yeah, he sort of brings them in as like a, you know, he's like, I have a problem for you, Doctor. Well, I saw there was one quote of him going, "We need you more than we ever have," or something like that. I'm like, no, you don't. You'll be in one episode, and it'll actually be quite a straightforward, <laughs> simple problem to solve. And you just yes. uh, you've been paid to add some. Pathos. Yes, or no, exactly. No, gravitas. Well, well, the thing is, like, I mean, Stephen Fry has apparently been trying to get onto Doctor Who for since Russell T Davies was writing it. Um, he's actually a massive fan of the if show. You give Steve, like, get, give Stephen Fry, make him a companion. Somehow they or could just never make it work. Can you imagine the Doctor with a sort of a nitpicking, you know, <laughs> very intellectual, fussy, fussy, fussy old, kind of yeah. like. Well, actually, Doctor, like like a physics professor going, oh, I don't know if that's quite right. Or, <laughs> totally different kind of companion. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Doc going, come on, we got to run. And Stephen Fry going, no, I'll just... I, I don't really do running. I don't run. <laughs> I'll slowly walk towards the TARDIS. <laughs> you bring it to me. Uh, that Fantastic. Would that that so, would actually be a great dynamic. And I yeah, thought, wouldn't yeah. it? Especially with like Jodie Whittaker's Doctor. Yeah, exactly. That'd be lovely. But yeah. So anyway, that looks like it will be fun. I'm not sure when the rest of the series will come, but it'll give us something to continue on with after the uh, absence of... But, well, we've got Watchmen and His Dark Materials next week, and then there'll be a final His Dark Materials the week after. Yeah, I, I think we, we run out of Watchmen before we run out of His Dark yeah. Materials. So so we'll, we can wrap that up or yeah. do something else or, I don't know, what's coming but out. But that, that, the that then does take us into... Um, well, I think by that stage the new Star Wars will have come out, so I'll, I'll have plenty to say about that. Oh, um, I can you, go and see if it. If you're happy to, I don't even if you're know. happy to sit here and let me talk. I don't even know the last movie that I saw, <laughs> but I did see the last two Star Warsies. No, wait, I didn't see the Solo one, and I didn't see the Rogue One one. Yes, but I saw the you saw the actual main yes. Star Wars movies. Yes, yes. so, the so you saw the Last Jedi. So you saw the Force Awakens. You saw the Force Awakens and, and then the Last the Jedi. Mark Hamill drinking yes. blue milk out of a yes. weird camel, horse. a weird cow manatee creature. That's the one. Yes, yeah. Uh, was that the title? That's the title that I remember. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, region, it's a, it's a regional title. Yeah, Mark Hamill drinks blue milk out of That's, that's what they called it in Australia. <laughs> the Chinese translation. Um, 
yes, so um, I could I can try and make time to go see the Star Wars. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. No, I'm not forcing you to if you don't want to. I'm look. I, I don't necessarily need you to have seen it for me to talk for about sure. half an hour about it. I just have to sit there going, so, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I'll, just, I'll just sort of explain oh, the plot okay. of the movie to you. Wait, is Baby Yoda yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that'd be, had, that'd be amazing. If they had any sense, they would have some sort of Yoda flashback. Absolutely. Is Yoda still around? Um, well, as a false ghost. He sort of shows up. Oh, yeah, up. he shows up as a yeah. ghost, doesn't he? Yeah. Baby Yoda is a ghost. Baby Yoda. Force ghost. Baby Force Yoda. Ghost. Do, 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 do. Force ghost Yoda. Has to look after baby Yoda. <laughs> no, that's a buddy film. That, yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> a grown Yoda has to look after a new Yoda. Anyway. Uh, we should wrap it up there because we have now hit two and a half hours. Yikes, and, okay. But that's okay. People can just listen to whatever they want. And, you know, if they find little gems like, oh, my God, hey. they might do another Doctor Who podcast. Like, that's up to them. Like, that's their bat. That's the bag. That's it. Uh, You're with so, us on a journey, people. Well, I don't really know how to end this episode. Um, I, I'm feeling the lack of having a Valamugula switcher is coming. It, it sure is, yeah, yeah. I, I, I am sorry that I've tacked on this extra bit to the end. It <laughs> seems to have completely derailed the format. But no, anyway. no, no, it, but we didn't have one anyway. But I guess all I would say is um, thanks for joining us. And I would say, uh, oh, sorry. And we'll see you next week. And I'll say Baby Yoda is love. <laughs> No, you should say Yoda life baby is. <laughs> I'll see you next week. See you next week. And we're out. <laughs>